Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to Coffee Break Live on Unsafe Space. I'm your host, Carter Laren, and I'm joined by my co-host, all the way in Texas, <laughs> Carrie Smith, who is a little bit off camera, but that's Am okay. I? Which move way? to your left, move over, your left shoulder, move that direction. Is that you, good? It's a little bit better. Do a little more. Okay. We should test beforehand, like but you know, sure. Yeah. Good. Sure, you you could stand an inch or two more, but that but that's I won't I won't that's nitpick. Good? Okay. Hi everyone. Hello. <laughs> Welcome Carter. to How... the Ghetto Show. <laughs> hey, what are we going to talk about today? I wonder what. I don't in know. The nothing news. happened this week. Um, before we talk about anything, can I just uh, yeah. remind people to go to unsafespace.com/slash/donate if you'd like to support us financially. If you can't or won't support us financially, you could support <laughs> us by by subscribing and sharing the content. That would be great. Um, if you. Uh, if you join on Subscribestar at the apostate level or above, $25 a month or more, you get the a very cool mug. the very cool mug, grenade mug, which will <clears throat> make your tea and coffee so much better. Uh, which will also, make you the most popular oh. person at the office. <laughs> yes, and in line at the TSA, it will make you very popular. <laughs> I can attest to having flown with these mugs. I can attest to the fact that the TSA very much enjoys when you pack these mugs in your carry-on bag. <laughs> it is. Oh gosh, <laughs> it's excellent. Um, also, we have book clubs coming up. The next one is November twenty-second. It is Management of Savagery. That's the book we're reading. I have not started it, um, but I should, and you should too, because it looks dense. Um, so, I thought I had it behind me, but I don't. Yeah, we're reading Management of Savagery by Max Blumenthal. Yes. And I'm really excited about this one because it gets into some of the stuff about, you know, U.S. interventions in the Middle East, things that I have no depth of knowledge about. And uh, also, I think this one is – there's been some disagreement about this, but I think it's written by someone who's more on the left. And that's, you know – Is the disagreement uh, just from me? Because I don't know what I'm talking about. I should. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. If it's just me, don't count that because I, I like vaguely had a feeling that Max Blumenthal wasn't on the left, but I don't actually know anything about Max Blumenthal, so don't just discount that. We'll but if you want to join right. book club, um, book club is free to join. You just go to unsafespace.com, go to the book club page, and you can find out more info. You can be on camera. We do a live discussion with any book club people who want to talk with us about it live, and, or you can just be in the chat like today. Yes. And the next, if you don't want uh, difficult, informative books and just fun, <laughs> fun stories, uh, our next book club after that is December twentieth, and that is "The Moon Is a Harsh Mistress" by Robert Heinlein. Also, um, last housekeeping thing I want to mention. I know there's a lot of housekeeping today. Sorry. Uh, last housekeeping day today is uh, we do have a clips channel. We are continuing to share clips on this channel, but we're going to eventually move them all to the other channel. There are They are all already over there. Go to unsafespace.com slash clips. It'll redirect you to our YouTube channel that's just for clips. Eventually, we'll stop posting clips of stuff here, and this channel will only be for these long, epic shows, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. so, what's in the news? <laughs> uh, let me just say up front, Here's something that I was thinking about and tried to share. I know for anybody who follows me who's not a Christian, you might be 
some people maybe uh, Carter wouldn't be Carter's an atheist. He wouldn't be annoyed, but maybe some of you are annoyed that I'm sharing more Christian, I guess, centered posts lately. Who, who cares what the, just um, say your thing? Yeah, I know. But here's my thing. I, I've been, because I've been thinking about God a lot and I've been thinking about God's plan or God's will. And one of the things I was saying is that like, even before the election happened, you guys know, if you've been following us, we got to talk to David Raboy. We've we've been saying for a couple of months now. We sort of thought, just based on the testimony of people like Robert Robert Epstein, who testified to the uh, the ways in which big social Facebook and Twitter tried to manipulate outcomes by manipulating algorithms when people did political searches in 2016. You know, Robert Epstein is a doctor who he he's a Democrat. He voted for Clinton, but he testified before Congress that. They were trying to sway our votes and they probably swayed upwards of six million in 2016 and that they were absolutely going to sway more in 2020 because they doubled down on all their efforts. And we know that if you watch the Project Veritas video that was leaked of the Google executive who said on camera uh, in the hidden camera that, you know, they they took it as their job to make sure that Trump didn't happen again, that that was their job. This is an Internet search company, you know, but, but that by the was way, their job. You and I have talked about Epstein before. I looked it up because I keep thinking it's a bigger number and you keep thinking it's a smaller number. I looked up oh. what he said. We're both right. He said Google swayed between 2.6 and 10.4 million votes to HRC in 2016. Wow. That's a lot. So it's and in that said, range, somewhere in that range. In that range. So that, and that's just manipulation of opinion based on yep. right that's just manipulation of of the trying to get people to vote the way you want them to you know um but then now we're in a place where we're talking about actual fraud like if that's not good enough do you commit actual fraud and you know carter and i said from the beginning we thought they were probably going to fix this one and so i guess i haven't been as um demoralized as I could have been because I sort of thought this would this would be what would happen. We looked at the transition integrity project and all the scenarios that they laid out and they they basically were telling us what to expect. All the social media companies were telling us ahead of time, "Hey guys, it may be a long drawn out battle. We're not going to declare the a winner the night of unless it's Biden. We're not going to, you know, if you think it's a Trump win, the transition integrity project said they had four different war game scenarios. And in all those scenarios, it was like, it looks like a Trump win, but actually Biden wins because, and this will happen, right? And they laid all that out. So this was sort of what I expected. And so to, to cut to the chase, I just I just kind of feel that there's, um, as a Christian, I guess I look at it and I think, I don't under, always understand God's plan. Um, certainly when I pray for things, I had to learn how to pray because because I think I used to pray wrong, the wrong way when I was a child. Um, and you know, you don't pray. you're praying wrong. Yeah, but seriously, you don't pray for like, like God isn't Santa Claus. And so you, you definitely, I definitely think I'd, <laughs> I definitely say what I want. You know, you, you're honest with God. Like this is the outcome I would like if it's your will. And if it's not your will or if it's not in your plan and if it's not going to go that way, just help me help me to try and understand it better. Cause I can't, I, I believe God is, I don't believe I'm capable of understanding things God understands. So, um, even in personal things, like, you know, if I feel that God wants me to end a relationship and I don't want to, and I don't understand why, and I fight it, but if I accept it, even though it scares me and I don't want to do it on the other side of doing that and trusting God, there's always things I couldn't see. There's always, wait, things am I that, God in this scenario? 
Oh, you also told me to. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, you, that's why I said God, I feel like God uses you. you I see. I was being used. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure being, I'm a tool. You're being, okay, you're being a tool. <laughs> <laughs> but, but so I just trust that there's a, a greater plan. And also if you're not a believer, I would say, look at history. I mean, we all know there are dark days to come. Okay. This, this ideology that's being pushed in this country at the moment is a form of Marxism. It's an identity politics based Marxism. It's a, it's a kind of, it's almost like they do want a kind of communism here and there are dark days ahead. I believe that, but I believe those days would be ahead no matter who won. It's just going to be harder. Now we're getting right into the fight. Now, if they put Biden in there, then we're getting right into the fight now. It's it's, but we're still, we're going to take a nap first, but yeah. Yeah. But either way, even if Trump won, we're still fighting. It's a cultural war. You can't fix a cultural war, a war of philosophy and ideas and and what values you ha- hold as a country, as a people. You can't fix that with one politician. So we would still be fighting it, you know. So I think I think um, we just we just continue to fight on it and, and look at look at history. So if you're not a believer, humans have been through worse iterations of this battle before and come out on the other side. People fought this before. And for anyone who might be feeling disillusioned, someone said in a comment to me last night, you know, I just don't feel like any of this is worth it. Like life isn't worth it right now. I'm like, it's always worth it. And and you can't get into this place where you're uh, like compared to what? Who's, who said that? One of my friends, Winston Lord, was saying this. You have to say like compared to what? Because this, things are going to get sucks, bad. Life sucks, but it beats the alternative. It beats the alternative. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I you can it. read some writings like I've been reading. Um, I've been going back to some Solzhenitsyn stuff because that really puts things in perspective. You read Solzhenitsyn, it's like, wow, this is really nothing compared to what he went through. You know, he actually went to the gulags. He actually was arrested after getting out of the gulag, you know. Um, but what he said was true. He said, you know, one word of truth, one word of truth, like speak the truth. Do not live a lie. Do not let your words be lies. So. If you don't believe in God, you can believe in truth. You can believe in your values, your principles, and the power of those, and the power of not being complicit in lies. So, yeah, we're at the beginning of a war. Somebody said the war has just begun. Yeah, we are still in the beginning stages of this war. So, Mm. that's what I think. Uh, What do you mean? You don't think we're in the beginning stages? No. Uh, What what stage are we in? I think if you think we're at the beginning stages, you're the reason that we're here. I'm We've the been fighting this, here? like, yeah, yeah. Anyone who's like, oh, gee, things have just now started to, hey, there's a war no, going on. It's like, uh, wake no, up. No, you're misunderstanding. Wake up. No, you're misunderstanding. Wait, let me clarify. You're misunderstanding me. I don't believe, obviously, I've been talking about my old belief system with you for a couple years now. I don't believe we're in the beginning. I, I don't believe it just is starting now. I mean that time is a relative thing. I believe that the past. It'll be really long, 30, is what you're saying. Yeah, but 30 or 40 years is still the beginning. When you look at this later, when they look at this later in history, I still think there's a lot to come. I guess I'll put it that way. There's a lot to come. Does yeah. that make sense? I don't want to be negative, but I'm going to be. Okay. I, I, people are going to, you're going to perceive this as being pessimistic. But look, my goal is to be realistic, not pessimistic or optimistic. Um, I, and I do think uh, life beats the alternative. So absolutely you fight. But, but I don't want people to get, I don't want to say this. 
even if you believe in God and you say, okay, well, God has a plan and I don't understand it and blah, blah, blah. Like that's, that's fine. But God existed during the Nazi era. God existed. If you're Christian and that's what you believe, God exists. God let China fall to communism and the Soviet Union fall and hundred million people get killed by their government. Bad things do happen and things might turn around but they're not going to turn around magically. They're not going to yeah. turn around by you sitting home, crossing your fingers and hoping that they turn around. They turn around because you turn them around. The only way for this to turn around, the only way for things to get better is for you to make them better. That's your job. If you want to save, if you want Western civilization to survive, you need to put in the work to save Western civilization. Otherwise, it very well likely die. That what that's what happens that's, to civilizations. That will happen. And, and and it and sometimes we have like okay, Laura says in chat, and we may also fall. I happen to know Laura is a believer. See, God God let the Israelites wander in the desert for forty years. You know, it, you have to get to a point. Here's something my preacher said to me that I think re- it really makes sense. If and again, this is if you're a believer. What if this? What if this gets the church to stand up? What if this pulls people into church? My my friend Clifton just tweeted the other night and it 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 just touched my heart so much. He said, I'm so grateful for my Christian friends right now. He's an atheist. He said, I'm so grateful for my Christian friends right now as an atheist because their faith is getting me through this. How beautiful is that? I know. And then somebody started a hashtag atheist for Christ after he posted that. Oh, I saw that hashtag from you or somewhere. I didn't know where it was coming from. Yeah. Yeah. And there are, and there are atheists who are talking about like, and somebody linked me to an article about Christian atheists, which I didn't even know was a thing. And sort of like you are Carter, people who are people who are maybe more of a, a Jordan Peterson kind of relationship to Christianity where they appreciate the Christian values, but maybe they don't believe in a deity or they haven't gotten to a point maybe some of those people will will come to christ like maybe not hey but as an uh, atheist maybe some christians will come that way Woo-hoo. yeah true. that's a great direction i'm happy about that direction <laughs> true. True. but you just don't know what you don't know what's in store and you don't know the play and and um somebody was saying you know it gives me hope and i said i believe and this is true i believe we have every reason to hope because take take personal things and apply them um, on a, on a big cultural scale, right? Like personally in my life, I know I had to get to a point, the lowest, darkest point before I could see the light. And some people have to do that to get to that dark place and take that and apply that to a country or to a civilization or to a people. And sometimes that country has to get to the darkest place before they turn to the light, you know? So you don't, you don't know what is in, you don't know what is in store. I do think things are going to get dark for a while, but, um, I, yes, I have hope. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I don't know. You I'm going to be happy that we don't have to focus on politics so much. Cause we, you know, if you recall, we've been focusing more on politics in the last couple of months because of this election and, but that wasn't our focus earlier. I don't want, like, it's yeah. not my focus generally. Um, we're not a political show. We're not a political yeah. show, uh, because the battle that needs to be fought is not a political battle fundamentally. Uh, it's a philosophical battle and a cultural battle, and that's that's the battle that that we want to fight. So that's what we have to go back to fighting. Um, I'm, I, my position on the U.S. hasn't really changed, right? It's like I don't think the U.S. will survive in its current inc- incarnation, uh, but I think the ideas of the U.S. might survive in somewhere 
probably parts of the U.S. somewhere. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like. Um, I certainly thought the election would be close, but I kind of still held out hope that Trump would probably pull it out, even though we knew that the entire cathedral was against him. Uh, but then, I don't know, I, I, it became pretty clear on Wednesday morning. By Wednesday morning, it was pretty clear yeah, that this was going to be Biden. Yeah, went to bed, it was sort of, yeah. see, here's, here's some of the strange things I'm looking at. So I was trying to collect a thread full of allegations of fraud so I could look at the evidence and figure out what I thought about some of them. And then, and then I saw Mike Harlow was doing it and, um, uh, I found a couple bigger accounts that were doing it. So I went through and looked through some of those. And then I also saw Sarah Hader, who I respect and admire, had mm. had said, look, a lot of a lot of these things can be explained. And she did a thread. Yes. So I was reading through. There's those a really two. good thread by someone, uh, Isaac Saul, who explains. Basically yeah, she all retweeted them. him. Yeah. So I I'm actually not as concerned about. I, I do want to look at all those allegations of fraud mm. and see what I think about them. There are a lot of them. But. In the big picture, when I look at this election, it doesn't make sense. And that's why, I mean, I'm convinced there's fraud. But I, would, I knew there would be beforehand, first of all. I, it wasn't like well, I saw the results and thought, but I thought there would be. Here, here's why. Just let me say why. Because the anomalies are weird. I mean, Trump has has received now more votes than Obama did during his landslide victory. And that makes sense to me that there was a great uh, groundswell of support for Trump and a lot of people like myself who are on the left who voted for Trump. And I personally know a ton of people on the left who, who voted for Trump, many of whom are in the closet about it, some of whom are not. Um, but, but to think that Joe Biden received even more than that, that he got more votes than well, Obama. Those are when Obama had votes, the I know they're anti-Trump votes, but even that, I don't think that the anti-Trump sentiment is as widespread as they've always told us it is. Do you? I mean, it could be. I here. Here's the thing. I. I okay. I, I want to break this down a little bit here. First of all, uh, we do have an, a record-breaking election turnout. I think it's broken the record f from the last 120 years in terms of percentage of population, wow. right? So it's a huge turnout. Um, and there is some interesting news for the um, collectivists on the left who put people in categories, right? Black male voters uh, for Trump increased um, from 13% in 2016 to 18% this year. These are all estimates so far. Black female voters doubled. Now granted it was 4% and now it's eight, but still doubling. Doubled. LGBTQ percentage uh, doubled from 2016 to 2020. He also did well with Latinos, especially in Texas and Florida. Yes, um, yes. He actually white women who I kind of like to blame for everything, but they their their support for Trump went up from 2016. White hey. men went down a little bit. <laughs> um, white men went down. OK, let's, mm -hmm. real, can we pause there? Here's yeah. what's interesting about that. So uh, I think I think I, I was talking about this with a Biden supporter who was shocked to hear that these percentages went up with black men across the board. All the so-called marginalized communities, black men, yep. black women, Latinos. Uh, women, uh, LGBT, all the support went way up for Trump this yeah. time than it did. In, more of them voted for Trump than they did in 2016, in some cases double. Mm -hmm. And white men went down. And this friend, right. because this friend is in the 
Biden world, I think, and as someone who kind of casually pays attention to politics, and if, if that's all you're doing, you're absorbing the mainstream narrative, you think Trump is this racist, sexist, homophobic, you think all that stuff, you don't understand why that happened. Um, but here's why I think I think it happened, and I think you know this, is that a lot of people in these so-called marginalized groups have been waking up to the fact that they're being used and exploited and condescended to and told how they must vote. And then and then also waking up to the fact that the narrative about him is wrong on a lot of these things. Um, while at the same time, here's why white men went down. While at the same time, there are, I think, more white men starting to buy into the woke ideology and believing this is how, if you are, it, it, we're in a, a world now where the dominant ideology says that, um, that everything is sexist and racist, that we live in a sexist, racist, patriarchy, white supremacist patriarchy. And and they put white men at the bottom of the, the, the lowest of the low, you know, because supposedly they have the most power. So they have to be put down here so we can correct the balance of power. Right. And if you want to like feel like you're not a part of that, if you've bought into that and you're a white man, then you're going to you're going to, how do you do, how do you show that? Well, I'm not going to vote for the sexist, racist guy. The guy that I'm being told is all those things. So that's why I, it's interesting, though, isn't it? The white male vote dropped for him. I was, I was, uh, I wouldn't have been surprised by that if the white women vote dropped too, but I'm surprised by the, dis the disparity between the white men and white women votes. I'm surprised that one went up and the other went down. That That's but a little bit surprising to me. But because women are tired of this crap too. Uh, women, yeah, but I still see, I still yeah. see most. I still see mo most woke, woke activists being uh, middle-aged white women and simps yeah. that follow them. I guess there's just more simps. I don't know. Um, I but. think there's more simps, and I think I think women are in. See, white men are not in any of the so-called marginalized groups that get pandered to, but women are. Mm. Women get pandered to, and women are watching what's happening now with the definition of woman being completely erased. Oh, and yeah, being asked to compete with men in um, sports and, you know, biological men in sports. And women are watching how in the oppression Olympics, that is social justice ideology, they are not going to win or they're they are not, not going to be yeah. like their status in oppression is like being, you know, I think I think women in that way are starting to question the same question, this ideology, the same way that black people and Latino people and gay people are, because they're one of the so-called marginalized groups they get treated a little differently than white men do i don't know well no i think that i mean your explanation makes sense it surprised me but your explanation makes sense so yeah. uh because it is literally the the shift in vote voting demographics between 2016 and 2020 is literally the inverse of the pyramid of the oppression pyramid mm -hmm. it's literally the exact opposite of what you would expect the vilified evildoers, white men, actually be, were most woke. The next vilified people, white women, were less woke. And then the more you move down, the more shift yeah. towards Trump it is. So, yeah. right, until you get to black women who doubled their support for Trump. Just like, doubled oh, their support. Wow, okay. Yes, it's yeah. fascinating. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's the inverse. So, um, you know, one thing, though, that's just if, you know, we look at at the future of the country, um, Biden led by a 33 point margin among first time voters and a 26 point margin among voters 18 to 29. So the future is uh, Biden. Um, 
Trump had a slight edge on, on seniors, it says here. But uh, yeah, the young people, the young people like Biden. And I said to I said to Keith, the hat guy the other day, oh, this is the last time there will be a Republican president. I think the demographics have changed enough. It's not going to happen. And he corrected me. And Keith is right. I Kudos to Keith for this. He said, what are you talking about? They're going to do the same thing they always did. They just change the definition of Republican and keep moving. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yes. The, the two-party yeah. system is very stable. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's totally right. I'm sorry, Keith. Yes, you're totally right. Uh, they will just, the Republicans will shift over to Democrat, and Democrats will become more Marxist, and that will be the choices that we have moving forward. Uh, and anyone, you know, anyone to the right of Mitt Romney will be a literal Nazi. Okay, that'll be the, <laughs> that'll be where we are. This is not a super chat, but... Ren Wesley in chat also had a good comment and said that women also heard Biden say that eight-year-olds should be able to transition. Mm. Moms probably didn't like that. Moms <clears throat> did not like that. That's a great, yeah. Yeah. And then yep. she let's, says, I'm one of those black women. Let's actually do some super chats while we're here because we have a lot. Okay. Of um, Blackbeard, Blackbeard gives us five bucks and says, who's ready for a creepy, sleepy four years? I underestimated <laughs> the sleepwalkers. Uh, yeah, well, that's what you get with democracy. Uh, I don't, I don't know if it will be sleepy, creepy. We'll see how much Kamala Harris is involved here. <clears throat> Connor says it's payday again. Sorry, you don't get more. You don't have to apologize uh, for giving us money. Thank you. Connor. Yeah. I also have to give to Trump's election defense fund. We should be excited to fight this culture war. Not a hot one. Yeah. Um, Bullets and tweets are preferable to bull uh, to not bullets. Words and tweets are preferable to bullets. Yes. Not bullets. <laughs> bullets are not preferable. Nanya business Nanya biz says uh, gives us ten bucks and says personally I always found President Xi to be a strong and sexually attractive leader. Looking forward to his loving guidance in the United States of China in the coming <laughs> years. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. By well, and for the rest of his life too. So we're good. Um. Um. Bullets and tweets would be a good YouTube channel name. Somebody should start that one. <laughs> Bullets and tweets. <laughs> that would get banned before it posted any videos. Um, all right. Sugar Waters. Sugar Waters says, I'm happy you guys are in good spirits and laughing makes me feel better. Welcome. Good. Yeah. Amethyst Trails says, uh, as someone in the middle, I appreciate an atheist and a Christian who respect each other and let each other speak. One of the reasons I listen to you. Well, cool, thank welcome. you. Well, hey, we get, we get, um, I mean, I'm very inspired by how many people of differing beliefs are in the, our unsafe space community and everyone, I think we're really lucky or blessed because we, we have a lot of people who are just very respectful of having different opinions and it doesn't devolve into trying to convince people, you know, why they're wrong as much as explaining their own, their own beliefs to be better understood, you know? Hmm. Our favorite Russian bot, Mandy gives us five bucks and says, whatever the outcome is, at least the Senate will stay red. Texas made sure of that. Biden would have a lame duck presidency due to this. Just relax. Yeah. That's an interesting thing, right? The, I don't think the Democrats picked up anything in the house. In fact, I think the Republicans picked up stuff in the house. And so they, the Democrats lost ground in the house and they didn't pick up anything in the Senate. The Democrats didn't. So uh, it's interesting that the the only race that seemed to flip was the presidential race. 
Um, okay, I also find that odd. Again, just talking about things that are odd that that people would go and vote Republican straight down the ballot, except they would vote for Biden. That just seems weird to me. Although I have heard Lincoln people say type. that they did it because they are Republicans who don't like Trump, and maybe that's maybe there are enough of those people. I just didn't. I, I get maybe my gut, my gut was wrong. I didn't feel like that's where the country was going. I felt like that was sort of menu. The hate that they were inspiring in him was never as much was never as big as I as they wanted us to believe it was. That's what yeah. I thought. Yep. Conrad Jones gives us five pounds and says, whether you believe in God or not, psychologically it's left a void which is being exploited. Preaching to the choir, no pun intended on that one. Yes, totally agree with you. We both agree with you, even though I'm an atheist, I agree with you on that one. Wastelander. Wastelander says Carter's right. God expects us to act, not just sit back and pray. Look at what the founders went through. They acted. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying you have to be yeah. an atheist to act. Christians, you also can't sit back and do nothing. That's what I mean. Is I think I think this will be a great opportunity for the church to get into the culture war that you're supposed to be in. Quit telling people. You know, I'm I'm kind of new to Christianity, and and, and I didn't know what big Eva was. Um, when I became a Christian a couple years ago and I've learned more about big Eva, like big evangelism. And I didn't know what the prosperity gospel was and all that stuff. But the more I learn about it, the more I think it's just as corrupt as social justice Christianity. God wasn't telling you. Christianity is not about telling you that, um, hey, if you believe you're going to get lots of money and wealth and and heaven here on earth and you're going to have a sports car. And look at Look at Jesus's life. Jesus didn't have any of that. You're supposed to emulate God. Like you should be prepared for suffering. It doesn't mean you won't have great blessings. It's that those blessings are not necessarily um, worldly blessings. And and for the churches that preach that stuff, that sort of feel good kind of Christianity, it's they're not fighting the culture war, first of all. And I don't think they're spiritually helping people because they're just promising. It's like, join our church and give us money or whatever. And we're going to make you feel good. And we're not going to talk about sin and we're not going to talk about the things that you should probably be working on in yourself. And we're just going to make you, we're going to promise riches for you here on earth that can store up, you know, riches. I don't, that's not, to me, I don't think that's what Christianity is about. So maybe this is something that's going to get like, like wake up the people, wake up the, the church, you know, God's people, I think are being called to the carpet. That's we'll see. We'll see. Um, Minnesota black robe regiment says, gives us 10 bucks and says, this election will work as a great winnowing hook to separate the false Christians from the true. This is exactly what Carrie was just saying. It will thin the ranks of the traitors. Yes. Yes. Good. (laughs) Hey, and if you don't just a little plug here, if you don't have a church, I've been getting lots of messages from people the past few days looking for, comfort or just someone to, um, vent with and, and, and talk about stuff. And, and some of those have been, uh, questions about God or churches and stuff. And if you don't have a church near you yet, and you are looking for one in the meantime, go to my church puts all of their sermons online. And I am so happy. I found this preacher, Bradley Helgerson. We did an interview with him. You guys can go find Carter loved him. It was fun. I I totally want to have, I could have like a, a weekend long conversation with him. I think next time I, when next time when I visit you, I'm just going to steal Bradley and we're going to hang out. He's Um, a brainiac, but you can find it. It's called the church on the square and they're on YouTube and they're on Facebook. So anyway, thanks for letting me plug that. Sure. Thomas St. Thomas, uh, who we haven't seen lately. 
Thomas, you've hey, been Thomas. skipping meetings, but whatever. You know, we don't pay you. So Hey Thomas, I, I skipped a meeting Welcome. too. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Thomas St. Thomas. He gives us five bucks and doesn't say anything. Probably just, you know, wants us to know he's alive. Thank you. Uh let's see. I'm gonna scroll a little bit more and get get some of these out of the way. Jupiter seventeen seventy seven says a friend who was discerning the priesthood once told me a man of God believes in science because science is God. A man of God believes in science. Okay. Because science is God. I know what my that mind, means. Our, okay. It means to me anyway. I mean, if you've read, we just did in book club, we did C.S. Lewis, the screw tape letters. C.S. Lewis is, is someone who was an atheist and found God in, I think, I think in partially through science. There are, there are, atheists who have made that journey to becoming believers who found it, not everyone finds it that way, but found God through science. And I was thinking about that the past two days because I had an interesting conversation with um, this guy, Ian, who, who started minds.com. And we were, he, he's very interested in quantum physics and, and the transcendent and stuff. And so that we were sort of talking about the possibility of people finding God through science. I used to have a really arrogant, way of looking at Christians. I thought, you know, when I was a young SJW that only dumb people believe in God and, and that I was so somehow I was so smart, right. That I, that I couldn't believe in God. And, and in the past few years, God really showed me how dumb I was because most of the Christians I've met, I've maybe I've just been lucky or, but some of the smartest people I know. Yeah, I mean, I think they're wrong, but I definitely don't think Christians are dumb as a whole. Like, that's not, you can't categorize that way. Um, Yeah. In fact, I wish I could say this, but this isn't true either. Even leftists aren't dumb. They're not leftists because they're dumb. That's not. That's that's true. That's not the way it is, uh, unfortunately. If it were just a matter of IQ, all of our problems would be very easy. Because all the people with high IQ would all be on the same side. Right. It would be very it's, simple. It's not, it's not an IQ thing. <laughs> no. Um, another one from Thomas St. Thomas says, atheists mostly and Christians, not the woke ones, will be on the same side in this struggle because our values are rooted in the same foundations. Yes. Thomas, Thomas, I think in your case, if assuming you are calling yourself an atheist in that, which I think is correct, and atheists like you and me are on their side – I think in general, though, atheists are mostly Marxists. So I wouldn't say mostly atheists, some atheists and non, the non-woke Christians, but uh, we'll see. Maybe, maybe, though, the Marxist atheists are becoming fewer and fewer. I do think there has been a movement amongst atheists. Uh, and I think maybe this, is, this has been sparked possibly by the, the critical race theory taking over. Uh, I think I think a lot of atheists who were maybe more leftist or more Marxists have been starting to be pushed a little bit more towards the Jordan Peterson side of yeah. of things. Um, so m- maybe that trend is changing. But I know historically, when you do like uh, surveys of atheists, it's it's pretty abominable. Most of us are commies. All right. Uh, <laughs> Joseph, Joseph Sorty. I got, got this one. one. He says, right. the only saving grace is Democrats lost big in Congress. Got to keep making gains in the midterms and the next presidential elections. Uh, Blackbeard. They did. Blackbeard. Blackbeard, thank you, says, I think the left is learning the wrong message, though. They are already doubling down on this being white supremacy. 
Yeah, well, the left is going to double down no matter what happens. If Trump had, if Trump is the president again, they're going to double down. If Biden's president, they're going to double down. Either way, the cultural war continues. It's it's bigger. It's like we said, it's bigger than politics. It's a it's an ideological thing, and they're going to try and push Biden. They're going to try and push the Democratic Party even further towards um, the social justice Marxist ideology. And, you know, they've the squad, Ilhan Omar has said that on Twitter, you know, don't worry, leftists, Biden will be beholden to us, you know. Yeah, I was that. looking for this article that, this, that he made me think of, but I can't find it. I thought I had it pulled up. But they are, I think it was a New York Times opinion piece. They are like calling, they're already calling, I forget what the argument was for this, but they're already saying like, this is a white, this is white supremacy. The reason Biden didn't win by a landslide is white supremacy, blah, blah, blah. Right. So he's right. Yeah. Um, do you want to do Let Freedom Ring let, America? Yeah. Let Freedom Ring America. Thank you, sir. Says, um, disappointed in the election, but I will never stop standing up for what I believe, making changes in my life to be more active. Thank you, President Trump. Well, thank you, Let Freedom Ring. And I like that attitude. I like that. The, I mean, maybe this is what we need to have more people fight, you know? Keith the hat guy? I don't see that when you do it. Keith says, FYI, listeners, the last time that happened was a couple years ago. I'm not sure what he's talking about. He might be talking about the last time that the Republicans moved left. I'm, But I don't know. Um, I don't know what he's talking about there. But he is the one that pointed out the obvious, which is... <laughs> the Republican Party has... Both the Democrats and Republicans have moved left constantly for my entire life. Yeah. So, Mike Drop, thank you. Mike Drop says, "Thank you for great content. Always Trump twenty twenty four question mark." <laughs> well, okay, if he runs again, I think he actually does have maybe has a shot of winning. I don't know, but um, the other interesting thing about twenty twenty four is Kanye West. I, don't I think, think he's going to run. I mean, uh... I do. Well, I think. I mean. Hear me out. I think it's interesting because I think he has a shot. You don't. Someday. I wonder if Nostradamus made a prediction that someday all of Western civilization will, the, the fate will hinge on whether people vote for Kanye West. That's a. Well, would people have thought that Donald Trump could ever be president? Like. No, I obviously, but you know, we live in interesting times. So who everything's different. I don't know. Dom. Hi, Dom. Dom uh, gives us two bucks and says, no matter what, the fight against CRT continues. Yes. Yes. So but not at the my, federal level. <laughs> yeah. So stop. here's one of my, right, right. One of my, one of my predictions, I have a couple <laughs> and we know we have a bad track record on some predictions, but, um, I do believe that one of the first things Biden will do is he's he's gonna get rid of the exec Trump's executive action against critical race theory being indoctrinated with them indoctrinating and with government taxpayer money in federal labs. That's that that fight is going to get harder. I was very one thing I was really looking forward to with a, a Trump second term, and if he gets in there, I will be very happy about if he if his legal challenges prove fruitful, um, is because I feel like Trump had just gotten red pilled on some of these ideological issues. He had just woken up to, he just had the right people in front of him, Christopher Rufo and James Lindsay to explain a little bit more about what CRT is. And so 
I was, you know, he didn't, he didn't know that back in four years ago. So he, he had just kind of gotten, um, he'd become awakened to those things. And I was looking forward to seeing how that would, how this fight would look having someone in the executive office who was also fighting it, you know, and that yeah. will definitely go the other way with Biden. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, Rin Wesley, Rin Wesley says, Hey guys, any advice for organizing a grassroots grassroots movement to take back the Republican party? Seems like it no longer represents our values. I do. I, we do want to talk about grassroots organization. At least I look, I think you're better off generally focusing on your own immediate circle, friends and family and local communities than you are focusing on who controls Congress and, and who controls the presidency. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I the Republican Party is a weird one for me. When did it represent our values? I don't. I for me, it's never represented my values. I'm 46. The Republican Party has never ever represented my values ever ever ever. So I don't know what you're talking about. Well, uh, I I don't value pretending to be on the right and then compromising on fucking everything, which is what they do constantly. So I don't okay, know. Well, take like, Carter, remove that part of the question and answer this. Any advice on a grassroots movement to help the Republican party represent our values? Can you answer that? <laughs> I think, I, no, I mean, look, I, no one's gonna, no, you're not going to like my answer. I don't think anyone's gonna like my answer. I do not think trying to stay in the two party system and come back together and rectify everything and save the country is a, I think it's even less likely now. I thought it was unlikely before. I think it's a less likely path to victory for Western civilization now. I think peeling off and starting your own communities is the way you're gonna have to go. I don't know how to do that yet, and I don't know what form it's gonna take, but spending your time worrying about one of the two big parties and trying to somehow infiltrate them and take them over, I just, you're better off homeschooling your kids. You'll make a bigger difference in, in the world. Okay, well, here's my answer. I think you can do both. I think you can homeschool your kids and you well, can try you and do everything. Wait, 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 just, I think you can, I'm not saying, I, I, obviously I think you can homeschool your kids and also try and make a change within a political party in your area. I do think you can do that. Well, I'm and saying I'm can, saying you have well, limited resources in your life, and focusing them right. on a, on national parties is not uh, a, a good use of them. I don't think it's a good use of them. Okay, I think well, here's focusing my it on your I'm local going, stuff may be sure. Okay, well, you've said what you think. Okay. I think that you can do both, and I think you can do things like uh, Maria Tuscan, who's in chat today, did, which is to move to an area with more like-minded people. I think you could even get into not just homeschooling, but homesteading. I think you can try and influence the people around you and have those difficult conversations with people in your life who you have more of a chance of, of waking up to what the waking up to what the current culture war is anyway, because there are people in your life and they love you. So I think you can be doing all of that. And if you are a person who is interested in politics, I think, I think you can change it by supporting people who are, not afraid. There've been just a couple of the Republicans have been cowards about this, the post-election stuff. Like the, a lot of them have been cowards. Lindsey Graham from my original home state of South Carolina, it, Lindsey Graham has been kind of silent about all the potential fraud. And, you know, a lot of those guys Lindsey have been Graham quiet. Is not but a not, great, 
she's great on some things, but. But some of them, some of them have been speaking and find the ones who are not afraid and support those guys and support people at the local level. Like there was a, I actually was more concerned in some ways about my local city council election. And I supported a great guy who did not win the social justice warrior who's already has a seat on the council. She won. And that's very disheartening, but I plan to continue to support people on the local level who push back against this crap on our school board and who push back against it in the city council. And, and so look for those people. And Hey, if you're a person who thinks that you have talents and you're, you're well-intentioned and you're not afraid of going into politics, like get in on the local level, run, run wherever you are. If that's what, if that's what your talent is, everybody has different talents and focuses or focus, you know? So yeah, no, that much anyway, I agree with. I think the, lo- the local focus is a, is a much better use of your time. Um, but you know, Ultimately, we need communities that are going to survive philosophically self-police, right? And going to be and and hard about it. People who are going to be like, no, I do you have a right to spew social justice crap? Yes. Do we want you here? No, we don't want to do business with you. We don't want to be friends with you. We don't want our kids to hang out with you. We don't want you to be at our school. Like we don't want you. You need to ostracize anti-Western civilization people. And you need communities that are that have the cojones to be tight-knit and say, we're not giving space for anti-Western civilization dialogue. We're not. Do they have the right to do it? Yes. Are we going to stone them if they say something? No. But we aren't going to volunteer. We're not going to treat all ideas equally. We're not going to be like, oh, yes, uh, it's completely legitimate. Every culture is valid and different. And we're just going to, they just have a different way of thinking about things and you know i'm gonna send my kid to marxist college so they can get a different perspective we need people who are going to stand up for western civilization by pushing that pushing back um and you can only really do that i think right now at the local level i don't think you can do it nationally so you know what i think we need carter i was talking about this with someone yesterday Mm -hmm. i think that i think that we might need a figure and maybe a figure will emerge who like a martin luther king jr type of figure Someone who inspires people spiritually and culturally to push back uh, on the basis of, um, you know, talking about our values and our ideas and what's important, who, who, who appeals to people culturally. You know, he wasn't running for office. He was a cultural figure who changed the world and or had a part in changing the world, I think. And I think there needs to be I think there maybe someone like that could could. Um, I think if someone like that emerged as a leader, it would probably need to be someone like Martin Luther King, who's a good orator, like maybe a Mm. a background in ministry, a preacher of some type. Like I immediately thought of our friend Samuel Sabe, who's Canadian, but someone like that who, who kind of emerges and leads people to back to the ideas of individualism, equality under the law, you know, um, liberty, free speech. Yeah, I just, my, my <clears throat> again, I'm not trying to be a pessimist. I'm just trying to be a realist. The left d- did not lead us here through a, a couple decades. This was not a short little, we had some leaders or we, we you know, we owned Hollywood for a little while. Like it wasn't a quick move. They needed yeah. to build people 
like generation after generation after generation of indoctrinated kids who over generations, they just slowly changed the standards by which those people judged everything around them. And until they get to a point where this, they can push the more and more radical ideas, it, this takes a long time. If you give, give me a crop of average 19 year olds at Berkeley, I don't think a leader could possibly exist that could bring them, that can talk them down from where they are. Their psychology is too corrupted. Their motivations are too wrong. Maybe 19 is young enough that they could, but whatever. Like they are, they're too far gone. You you can't indoctrinate. Like, the purpose of indoctrination is to screw them up so they can't think later, so that Martin Luther King can't convince them. That's the purpose, right? Um, yeah. So I you need thinking individuals. You need generations of thinking individuals and that that my friends is going to take some time so yeah. um so carrie have children okay uh let's <laughs> <laughs> twee girl twee girl gives us five canadian buckaroos and says california proposition 16 affirmative action measure got rejected by voters that's good yeah, and and actually the Asians hated that one. They really fought against yeah. it and spent a lot of money on it because uh, <laughs> the Asians know. I was talking to my wife about this the other day because it's this is like becoming more and more obvious in the Asian community. There's like a lot of the Asians are realizing, uh oh, we're yeah. white. Like we're on the bad side. We're like they they treat us like white people. I don't want that. Like they they're <laughs> like. Did you see uh-oh. what they? Did you see what they did when um the night of the election when it looked like organically Trump was going to win and they a lot of the leftists were freaking out. They really got very angry about his high Latino support in Florida. And Ida B. Mm. Wells tweeted something about, you know, once this election is over, I'm ready to explain. I'm paraphrasing, guys, but she's like, I'm ready to explain why these are uh, these Latinos are not actually Latino, why they're ethnically white. (laughs) And she's already canceling the Latino vote and trying to say that these Latinos aren't Latino enough. They don't just like with the postmodernist social justice stuff where they were saying that if a person if a black person doesn't vote the way they want that they're not politically black. Like they're, they're playing with these definitions and stuff and trying to, uh, trying to make it make sense because, because their belief system doesn't make sense. They have to explain it. How do they explain his Trump's percentage of votes going up with Latinos and, and black people and gay people and women? How do they explain that? Well, they have to say, well, those aren't real black people and those aren't real Latinos (laughs) and those are self-hating, uh, gay people. And those are white supremacist women, right? Like they have to write it off somehow. Yeah. Anyway, They've, they've got um, to. Sebastian right. Service. Sebastian Service gives us 50 PEN. I, whatever those units are, thank you, sir. And says, what about the tallies not following Bedford's law? Okay, yes, we want to talk about this. We will get Maybe into not that. now, but we're going to get into it. What about the tallies not following Bedford's law? The video of shady practices in the USPS and preventing people from watching the, the uh, counts. The video downtime in Pennsylvania counting live feed, Pelosi and her shares, Joe's lost votes, investigation is needed. I agree. I do think an investigation is needed. And we, we're going to talk about the Bedford, Bedford's law in a, in a second. So thank you. Um, you is that the last one? Oh, Maggie. No. Maggie gives us fourteen ninety nine and says, you're both making good points, but I fail to comprehend while you're analyzing reasons why Trump, quote, lost – 
when he clearly was handily winning before brazen shenanigans began. What WTF? Well, Maggie, I just to be clear, I don't think he organically lost. I thought I thought I was clear about that. But if I wasn't, I believed before the election for months before the election. And I believe still after the election that this is not organic. I think he like I said, he he got more votes than Obama did during his landslide. And I personally I don't know about Carter, but I do not believe for a second that Biden got more votes than both of them got more votes than Obama's landslide and got more votes than Trump. And and I agree. We went to bed on election night with it looking organically like a Trump win. And I knew we were going to wake up the next morning and it was suddenly going to be, oh, look, it's Biden. Now we found all these votes. Mm-hmm. I just don't believe it. I probably disagree with both of you. Oh, uh, wow. Interesting. I don't have any reason to doubt that Biden could organically win. Why do you think Biden can't organically win? Is there just some magic thing that you think Trump is so great and everyone loves him? Like, of course he can organically win. Why can't Biden organically win? I don't believe that for a second. Well, I mean, here's the thing. When you have a democracy, uh, there are many ways to sway an election. You don't have to use voter fraud. Let's just look at what's happened since 2016. I went and wrote some of these down because I didn't want to forget them. Okay. Twitter bans since 2016 that might have supported Trump. Milo Yiannopoulos with 388,000 subscribers. Gavin McGinnis with 260,000. Infowars with 430,000. Alex Jones with 900,000. Laura Loomer with 260,000. Tommy Robinson, okay, UK, but still 400,000. Owen Benjamin, 122,000. Stefan Molyneux, 483,000. Even small fun ones like the AOC press account, Mike Mike Morrison's account, which is, (laughs) right, 85,000 banned. Just this week, Granted, not before the election, Steve Bannon's uh, War Room Pandemic account, 175,000, banned. Now, and all of these bans, all of these outright bans are people who could have, they had big reach. Granted, there's going to be overlap between many of these people, but not all of them. Uh, these are people who would have, for the past several years, been talking about Trump, been providing reasons to vote for people like Trump. Um, they would have been fighting against Biden. None of that is visible now on Twitter. But by, by the way, YouTube and Facebook also banned these people. Um, you've got a litany of temporary suspensions. People like James Woods even get banned periodically for two weeks here and there. That has an effect. Um, you've clearly got a uh, double standards. The war room pandemic one. Steve Bannon was banned because he said, I'd actually like to go back to the old times of Tudor England. He's talking about uh, Fauci, by the way, and someone else. I'd actually like to go back to the old times of Tudor England. I'd put their heads on pikes, right? I'd put them at two corners of the White House as a warning to federal bureaucrats. You either get with the program or you're gone. Now, Twitter spokesperson says... They were, he was permanently suspended for violating the Twitter rules, specifically our policy on the glorification of violence. But Kathy Griffin, she still, she held up Trump's severed head. That was funny. Not banned. It is a, it's a, it's a continuous, they continuously applied double standards to this. So all of that is a way to, that influences the population. That has an influence on the population. All those voices are not being heard. Um, not only do you have bans, so you have uh, people are seeing less content that might be supportive of Trump and more content that are, is going to be critical of him. You've got suppression um, by you've got like uh, demonetization of videos um, with, quote, controversial topics. The most obvious and recent example was covid stuff. You had anyone who mentioned anything against the narrative, anything against the narrative. And that narrative, to be clear, is a pro Biden 
even if, even before it was Biden. It was an anti-Trump, pro-Biden leftist narrative. Anything you've got manipulation. So you've got uh, recommend. They're going to recommend recommend videos that prioritize uh, stuff from the cathedral, right? Stuff from mainstream media, which is, has a slant. You've got Facebook flagging posts and partnering partnering with the cathedral and leftist organizations for fact checking. You mentioned before Robert Epstein talking about Google swaying votes last time. So all this stuff is not voter fraud, but it absolutely has a sway on the election. It absolutely they can get people out to vote for Biden. Absolutely. That's why we are post this. One of the reasons that this is shady and crappy and we've been talking against it because it works. Throw in firing people. Google fired James Damore. Facebook fired people. All this all this stuff has an, has an additional intended effect of getting people to self-censor. So not only do you censor Alex Jones and everyone else, you get people to self-censor. People are worried before they tweet or do a Facebook video or a YouTube video. They're worried they're going to get in trouble. So, and I haven't even, that doesn't even the include way, the corporate press. That's not even the corporate the, press. That's just tech. Yeah. By the way, they are censoring the president's tweets yesterday. They were putting warnings on them and they weren't allowing you to like them. Uh, you had to click an extra button to even see his tweets, but then they were allowing, and then, and then anything that I shared when I, like I said, I was looking for, I wanted somebody, I wanted anybody to just share their links with me of, of fraud allegations. So I could try to read through them and figure out what I thought. And almost all the links people were sharing on my timeline came with a Twitter warning. Twitter's just here to let you know that the elections are fair and you can trust right. them. And yes, I'm like, they all, I yeah, saw all those fair election then, things. Yeah. But then, um, what's his face? Uh, Keith Olbermann, that nut job tweeted something about how the, we need to arrest president Trump tonight and that's fine. And there's no Twitter warning on it. There's no censorship. It's like, yep. you know, we need to go arrest the president. Why? Why? Right. <laughs> so, I mean, so there's just, I just Why? want you to like, forget your pro Trump bias for a minute, step back and think. What's been going on with big tech for the past past four years? Could that influence millions of people to vote for Biden? Oh, well, Carter, don't yes. get me wrong. Okay, I, I absolutely agree with all of that. I do believe they influenced millions of people through propaganda and censorship. Don't get me wrong. We're in agreement on that. I just happen to also think there's fraud. I think they pulled out all the stops because there's no way, just in case their manip mass manipulation didn't work, they had a backup plan. And Well, I maybe, just, but I'm, my— yeah. I, I just I, my point is before we jump to fraud, we have to consider the possibility that fraud actually isn't necessary for Biden to win. It's not it's not that, oh, Biden won. Therefore, there must be fraud like no Biden could win with the amount of manipulation that the that that big tech has been doing. If you look at the corporate press, you know, everything that's a it's a a story that might have harmed their team, everything from Spygate to the Mueller investigation to Hunter Biden to even voter fraud. None of that's ever covered. It's all dismissed, right? And everything that could affect Trump is exaggerated. Uh, the entire Marussia thing, the Ukrainian phone call, and and everything's taken out of context in a way to harm Trump. The all Mexicans are rapists. The white supremacists are good people or whatever. All that stuff, right? So, like, if you add all this stuff up, I think you need to start. You can't start with the assumption that if Trump doesn't win, it must be voter fraud. Like, I look, there was a lot of pushing and manipulation and swaying Carter, of the public. That's not, you're, well, you're wrong. That's not where I'm starting with. I just, but I actually assumed from ahead of, ahead of time there would be fraud. I didn't know if they would get away with it, but. I mean, sure. And I, there I, may I, have I been fraud. fraud. I'm and not saying do, there and, wasn't. And on, on, it's not, it's, I, I, 
I don't know how to better state it. I just think both. I think they mass manipulated people. I agree with you on that. But I also think they look, here's the reason why they clamped down on all those people and why they ramped up the censorship in the past four years, because the elite, the cathedral, they didn't expect Trump to get elected. They didn't have to pull out all the stops. They were doing manipulation already. And as we know, Robert Epstein testified to that. They were already doing the manipulation online with search algorithms and everything and trying to get the sheep to vote the way they want. And they thought that was enough and it wasn't. And he won and, and it shifted the balance of power away from the elite. They did not expect him to win. So they pulled out all the freaking stops for 2020. I just yes. think if it makes sense, human nature, that they would make sure they had a backup plan that if he if it wasn't enough to do through mass manipulation, and you seem to think it was probably enough to do through just manipulation, I think they needed I think they needed to make double sure and I do think that they engaged in fraud. But you know what? I think we probably both agree that we should that he should be suing to get I, I want to make sure that it was transparent and I want to know what the right. results are. Well, so here's the, here's what I have to say about the fraud thing. And right. and the mainstream media has been dismissing this for the past several months. This idea of mail in ballots. So we have seen Project Veritas uncover some pretty disturbing yeah. information about mail in ballots. And this election, just so you know, absentee ballots, there's more than twice as many mail-in ballots this election than there was in 2016. So it, there's a significant number of mail-in ballots, really significant. Of course, they used COVID as an excuse they to push- They used COVID. Right? They right? used it. Why do, you think, why do you think they let COVID drag on so long? Even after we saw, once we got more information and we saw that the death rate wasn't as bad as we all thought it was going to be, they continued to let COVID play out. Why? Look at Rahm Emanuel. What was it he said way back when? Never let a tragedy go to waste or never let a crisis go to waste. Crisis, yeah. A crisis go to waste. They didn't let it go to waste. Hey, what can we do with COVID, guys? Oh, we can do mail-in voting. That's Right. And so I mean, just the, the narrative from mainstream media, when anyone has brought up for the past several months, when anyone has brought up the potential for voter fraud, um, the narrative from mainstream media has been, well, historically, there's not been a lot of voter fraud. It's a non-issue. This is just a red herring. People are making this up. It's a it's a it's a it's a non-issue. Stop saying voter fraud. They're just trying to this is in fact, what they do is they turn it around and they call it voter suppression. They call they call anything that questions the legitimacy of uh, or the idea that there should be mass mail-in ballots, anyone asking whether that's a good idea is considered trying to suppress voters. Um, but I, I want to point something out. <laughs> so absentee ballots in the past, first of all, a lot of them were military or people that were overseas that couldn't vote physically, right? Um, and uh, And so – most of those absentee ballots, could they be fraudulent? Like, how do I say this? Mail-in ballots are actually much easier to fake. Let's put it that way. Um, if I want 10,000 people to vote in a particular district, well, I got to get, and, and I want to do it fraudulently. I got to get 10,000 people into that district to pretend to be 10,000 people that live there who aren't voting and go take their spot and vote. That's hard. Not impossible, but difficult. However, if I can just collect 10,000 ballots that are mailed and have them filled out, no one's going to check, don't want to check signatures, right? So if I can just fill out 10,000 ballots, well, that's actually quite easy. 
That's quite easy to do. And so the reason that voter fraud this year should have been something that we're paying attention to and should be concerned about is precisely because we went from absentee ballots to being a thing that was largely used for people who are overseas or under some extenuating circumstances who couldn't make it to the default everywhere, the default because because COVID. And so this op- it does open it up, the election, to massive, massive potential voter fraud. And we can go through some of the stories about uh, this week um, that have been claimed, and I, I don't know how much legitimacy there is to all of them, but uh, certainly the idea that you could have ballots, just imagine you want to cheat. Just imagine you want to cheat and you want to do it in a swing state like Wisconsin or Michigan. Um, and imagine you can have stacks of, you got 10,000 ballots. You got, maybe you get thousands of ballots from, from various districts. And you say, well, I can't just dump all these ballots everywhere because that will become obvious. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait and see where I might need them, and I'm going to dump them there um, yes. when when I need them. And I might have uh, I might I might I might have them kind of pre-filled out and ready, and just kind of dump them where I need them. Now, could you get away with that? I don't know, maybe, but you might try. I'm not a voter fraud expert. I don't know, but certainly that's easier to do than have people suddenly show up at polls and vote. It's it's yeah. certainly easier. So I'm not saying there was no voter fraud. Um, I do You're think just saying don't automatically assume that. I'm saying don't automatically assume it. And I do think right. a lot of this, I, and I do, and I will call the right out on this. There's a lot of scary, overblown, like, oh, this is obviously voter fraud. And it's just not. There's a lot of like, the whole felt, the whole felt tip pens in, yeah. where was it, Arizona? Like, yeah. oh, then there's, a, there's even a lawsuit about this, about my ballot didn't get counted. I think that's, that's not what happens. If you fill it out with a felt pen and it bleeds through to the other side and the machine rejects it, it doesn't get thrown out. It goes and gets hand counted because the machine can't read it. It doesn't mean your ballot gets thrown out. But that's blown up in, as this thing of like, look, they're thrown out. They gave Trump voters felt tip pens in this county and therefore blah, blah, blah. Uh, you, you know, I you can't just automatically – buy into every voter fraud anecdote that you hear because a lot of them are just not true. Well, that's Some of them I, might be I and they need to be investigated. You have to look at them. You have they have to be investigated. And I think the I think the of the ones I've looked at the um the one that uh, Project Veritas uh, uncovered is the most has the most meat on it so far, but I haven't looked at all of them yet. There were a lot of links people are giving me. <clears throat> I just, you know, overall in my gut, I think it was I think it was um I just think they had a backup plan. That's all. I also think to your point about how much they've um, been manipulating us and how they really tighten the screws since 2016, you know, not to belabor the point, but you're right. They got rid of all of the alternative media figures who they thought were influential culturally who helped sway the election for Trump. So they unpersoned and deplatformed across platforms. They all worked in collusion to deplatform people like Milo Yiannopoulos, Alex Jones, Gavin McGinnis, um, you know, Owen Benjamin, whoever, whoever they went after all these people that, and, mm-hmm. and, and then they even started trying to pick off people and, um, throttle their view counts and stuff before they could become as big as those people. You know, they've tried to, 
get some of those, uh, go after some of the smaller channels before they could become big, um, before they could become influential. But um, a good example of the difference of where we are now versus 2016, again, 2016, they weren't prepared. You have the legacy media, you have the, the, the blue cathedral, the church, the, what we call the, the, the church of um, the elite. You have the legacy media and big social at that time, not realizing how culturally influential all of these independent, independent voices were going to be. And I truly think they were shocked that Trump won. Yes. And so they started tightening all the screws. Now, look at this. If you go on YouTube today, we all know if you go on YouTube today and you do a search for election fraud, like I'd like to see what are the most popular videos, you know, from independent creators. I'd like to see what are the most popular videos about election fraud. Give me the info. If you had done that four years ago, the the natural organic things that rise to the top that have a lot of meat on them that people are watching, you could find those easily. Now, all you find, just like with any search on YouTube these days, all you're going to find if you type in election fraud is pages and pages and pages of legacy media clips right. that are telling you there's no saying fraud. Saying it's a conspiracy theory. Yeah. 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 That are saying, hey, that's a conspiracy. Theory. I don't want to see legacy media on my YouTubes. Like I, I can go and watch the news if I want to watch the news. You know, I, why why are you force feeding me this propaganda crap? I want to hear what the independent voices have to say, but they make sure you can't find those. Yep. You know, you're not Project Veritas's video is not going to pop up in that search. It's going to be buried. Right. Right. That's what I'm saying. So I I I think I, I guess I guess the only reason I'm pushing back on the voter fraud stuff, not that there isn't some, and and by the way, there, I mean. I think when there is evidence of voter fraud, it should be investigated. I'm not saying don't investigate this stuff. Even the Arizona felt thing, like, yeah, totally investigate it. Like, see what was going on. Like, that, that should be investigated. Um, did those votes get counted? But um, I guess I'm, I'm pushing back because the problem is much deeper than voter fraud. Like voter fraud may be a problem and it may be the thing that tipped the scales that might actually I'm not I mean, I don't think so personally, but I might be wrong. Maybe voter fraud tipped the scales this time. But why are the scales so close to being tipped? Why is it? Why are we this close? Yeah. Right. Because of the manipulation. There's so much else going on here. That is the problem um, that, you know, if it. If all those people still had their Twitter accounts and mainstream media was semi on just semi honest about things like it, they couldn't have enough voter frauds to switch to, yeah. to sway the like, they couldn't. It would be way too obvious. They couldn't get away with it. So, um, you know, th- this is this is where we are. Uh, Amy Smith. Wow. This is not uh, a super chat, but it, I just saw it. Amy Smith says, color revolutions are a problem. The CIA is a problem. Girl, you are right where my head has been at the past two days. I've been reading about more about the CIA. You know, I've been reading about um, the Great Reset, uh, which they say there's a Time magazine piece about the Great Reset and how COVID is going to allow us to do the Great Reset. And we need to reimagine capitalism so we can get to these better ways of living. You know, with Biden, I think we have a couple things, predictions. Uh, he's immediately going to get rid of the executive action against CRT. He's mm-hmm. immediately going to get rid of the, um, you know, the Trump administration and Betsy Davos were looking at Title IX. They were looking at how Title IX was being abused at college campuses to basically take away the rights of men on college campuses. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with the, all the witch hunts that have been happening around Title IX, just do a quick search. You can find articles in the Blue Cathedral even 
shockingly. You can find articles about all these men's lives who've been ruined through yep. accusations. So um, they, he's going to he's going to roll that back. Title IX is going to be used as a weapon again on college campuses against men. Um, I think we could probably we're probably going to get into a war very soon, maybe in Syria. Um, you know, there are a couple of things I think you can predict with the Biden presidency, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, kind of rambling. No, no, I, I, I agree. I just. Uh, There's no rule of the universe that just because you think your side makes more sense, democracy will vote for your side. Like, that's not like everything's again. Is there a voter fraud? I mean, I'm sure there's some voter fraud. How much? I don't know. But like I said, if last time they swayed between 2.4 and or 2.6 and 10.4 million votes, it's got to be like at least 10 million votes this time. That's way more important than voter fraud. <laughs> it's like there's not 10 million votes with the voter fraud here. That's that's huge. So let's, let's do some let's super, do some chats super chats before yeah, yeah. we get too far behind. Minnesota Black Road Robe Regiment says, oh, remember hi, the book? I know you are. Yeah. Remember the, uh, the book Days of Rage, the leftists didn't lose and disappear they shifted tactics they went truly underground and practiced subterfuge yes days of word, rage. Subterfuge. yeah there's an article that you liked about days of rage that you've shared i love there's one article we've talked about a few times the days of rage article just about a lot of predictions that this person made um in january of, of um 2017 when trump was being inaugurated and a lot of those predictions have come true uh, do you want to read the Tatiana Fisk one or do you want me to? Uh, I don't see it. You read it. Tatiana Fisk gives us 20 bucks and says, someone Hi. said, Tatiana. I'll like it in Russia yesterday. LOL. Carrie, Ephesians 6, 10 to 18, put on the armor of God. Me and a few in my church are working to become tighter knit as a little community just in case the worst happens. Yeah. Yes. Again, I think. I think for Christians, this is a wake up call. And, you know, can I share something personal that was just really, I, uh, I spent the last two days at, um, I was on the uh, Tim Pool's election coverage on election night. I'm, I'm losing track of days, whatever night that was. And then there were a lot of interesting people I got to meet there. And I really wasn't that focused on the election results that much. Most of my conversations were about, to me, like more meaningful things. And I got to meet I got to have some really, really interesting per like personal conversations. And I met this guy, Seamus, who does Freedom Tunes. You know that channel? Yeah. And he's he's only 25. He's one of the wisest people I've met. Really has his head screwed on straight. Um, more mature than me than in, in many ways, <laughs> I think. And certainly more mature than I was at 25. And um, he's a he's a Catholic. And we, we had a a lot of interesting conversations, but the morning that I left, um, yesterday morning, he, my, I had a friend who's Catholic who gave me a rosary a, a while back and gave me a book on how to do it. And I was doing it for a while. And, um, but I'd, I had stopped doing it. And anyway, he did the rosary with me and another girl there and like did the call and response part and showed us how to do it. And where he would be, say part and we would say the other part. And it was just so moving. Like I, um, had a, I just had I was I had a lot of anxiety, I guess, about the election and making it to the airport on time and other things. But there's something very meditative about it. And 
it, I think it's actually even more meaningful than meditative because it's meditative and it's also prayer. And it, this peace came over me. I could feel, I bet if you had me hooked up to a machine, you could tell my heart rate kind of came back down to normal and everything. And it was so useful. And so, um, even if you're not, I'm not Catholic, but if you're not Catholic and if you're feeling anxious or anything lately, I would say, try, try praying the rosary and see how it feels for you. But, uh, anyway, side note, (laughs) are you going to go Catholic on us? I'm not, I don't think I'm going to become a Catholic, but I, okay. I don't see anything wrong with Christians like adopting like that type of prayer too. If they, if it's, if it's where it's a, you know, it's prayer and it was, it's a, it's a more meditative kind of prayer. It's not the kind of prayer that I do every night, but it's, um, it's this more repetitive meditative kind. Anyway. All right, let's do some more super chats. Let freedom ring America says, uh, he gives us five bucks and says, you are right. Carter leftists are not dumb, but they still suck. We need to fight with dialogue and <laughs> ideas, but I have plenty of bullets. That's good, because ammo is expensive lately and hard to find. Andy B says gives us five pounds and says, uh, "You're a child in a field. Get land. Get lumber. Get family. Ignore the rest." Yeah. Yeah, I would. I mean, I would add maybe community because uh, get community. Living by yourself in just your family, your nuclear family in a field alone is going to suck. Uh, it will be better to have community. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you certainly don't need the apparatus of the state. K-Trex, K-Trex says, I'm 33 and I discovered I don't have any friends in my circle with similar social views. I am tired of feeling like I may be ostracized at any moment. I hear you. I hear you. That's uh, change your social circles. I mean, I know that's a trite thing to say, but um, I find K-Trex. that a lot of people... Uh, have friends that are random. They went to college with them. They worked with them. They met them somewhere. They are they're friends that you did not consciously choose, and um, those friends are not <laughs> friends by chance. Are n- not actually very useful. And I don't mean useful in like a. I, they're just not very f- fulfilling to have. And and you get they're into not, these kind of type. Right, and you're going to get into these situations where, when 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 the world goes south, those friends will abandon you. You need friends that uh, you need to figure out what your your values that matter most to you are, and you need friends that have those values. Uh, and make room. Look, you've got a limited time on this planet. Every minute that you're doing something, you're not doing something else, and you have a limited number of minutes. So don't spend minutes with people who aren't the best people that you can find (laughs) find the best people and spend time with them yeah there's you're making me think of this book i i know i've mentioned it quite a bit but um this book love your enemies by arthur brooks there's a chapter where he talks about aristotle how aristotle defined you know three kinds of friendships and one of those kinds of friendships is what you're talking about carter friends by chance where it's just someone that's in your life it's and you develop a friendship with them, but it's sort of a very uh, surface level friendship and um, just by circumstance. And then there are the friends who um, you get something from or they get something from you. It's some sort of like a trade off friendship or something. But then he gets to the third type, like the true friend. And and that's a friend that has shared values with you. And you can even disagree. And he gives an example of 
Cornell West, who's on the left, and another professor, I forget, who's on the right, and how they are, they have this deep and true bond and this true friendship, because even though they disagree on political policies, they have shared values underneath those policies, you know, and I, I, I think you're right, you've talked, you've talked to me about this in the past, about friendships and the people that you choose to surround yourself with and stuff. You and become the people you hang out with, also, yes, just to be you clear, do. you become those people. Yes. And, and I've had other, uh, a Christian friend of mine who talked about this with me once about, you know, sit down and figure out like what kind of people you want in your life. And if you're not attracting them yet, uh, figure out what you, what in you could possibly change to help find those people. Because if you start speaking truth, even if it pisses off some people, and even if it pisses off those casual friends, that's okay. Because the the meaningful friendships are going to develop from people who respond positively from what you're saying, from, from the truth, from speaking the truth. You will find people that way. I promise I did anyway. Yeah. And look, I've, uh, I don't know. I'm usually pretty picky about friends and I'm happy with my friend. (laughs) Like I'm, whenever I've jettisoned someone from my life who was toxic, but was around for whatever reason, I've never once regretted it. No, not at all. Never <laughs> once. Never once regretted it. I Me don't either. have anyone in my life who I've jettisoned that I look back and go, oops. So no. that should tell you something. They're take they're taking up space and they're in they're yeah. It's yeah, not I got great. a lot it's of not, crap I want to do before I die. I don't need to spend time with yeah. crappy people. All right. Yeah, exactly. Um oh, go ahead. I was just gonna do the next Thanks. super chat. You have yeah. something else? To, okay. Brendan McWalters uh, gives us five bucks and says, place your bets. Does Jelaine Maxwell walk during the next four years? If she doesn't commit suicide, maybe. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm willing to go in on this prediction. Yes, I think she's going to walk or commit. You think she'll walk? Yeah, or commit suicide. Well, no, I think yeah. the only two options are walk or suicide because we know she's not going to be held accountable for anything. So uh, I think it's a bet. It's got to be walk or suicide, right? Those are the only two bets. Yeah. Nothing else is going to happen to her. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, All right. Where are we at? Michelle Fleckenstein Steen gives us five bucks. Doesn't say anything, but thank you, Michelle. Thank you. And I'll scroll to the next one here. Uh, Mandy, our favorite Russian bot, Mandy says, Mandy bots now have Russian avatar. And then she says something in Russia. Russian, which I don't know how to pronounce. I can't even transliterate <laughs> Russian. That's how bad of a Russian bot I am. Okay, let Freedom Ring America gives us another five bucks and says, I have heard about talk of Trump forming a MAGA party or perhaps a coalition of, of a sort might make the GOP earn our votes. Yes, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's to me it's it's very much like uh it's very much like sports teams okay um and not that i i voted for trump i mean i, I you know he's better and i, I did think Whoops. he would help stave off the <laughs> the pending communism but still uh let's see you did you find the next one because i'm scrolling oh no over. i didn't i'm down i can't okay. scroll up that far all right hold on i'll get there chat is very active Okay, uh, we just got five bucks from Stevie LG with no message. Thank you, Stevie. So, yeah, thank you, Stevie. And 
The scrolling Wes- show continues. Yeah, this is Ren Wesley. Is that the next one? I don't know. I'm scrolling. I'm still, I got to scroll down to find that. Here we go. Okay. Keith the Hat Guy is the next one. Keith the Hat Guy gives us, <laughs> I guess, his second favorite uh, caliber ammunition. He gives us 223, uh, <laughs> 223, and says <laughs> that social media. Oh, crap. I just lost my scroll. That social media plus the corporate press picked our president. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. It did. Hopefully I'm not going to. Oh, I didn't skip one. Here we go. Next one. Tatiana Fisk, another one from Tatiana Fisk. She says, heads up, media is working towards switching from blaming Trump to blaming all of us and exacting revenge. Yeah, all of those things that we saw before with like, this is what we'll do to Trump supporters after. Yeah, that's coming soon. (laughs) <laughs> to a yeah. coming soon to a struggle session near you. Yeah, uh, Tim Pool was talking about the truth and reconciliation, you know, committees that <laughs> right. I guess Robert Reich was talking about. Mm-hmm. How does that play out online, right? Like, are there going to be mass purges again? I think they actually got smarter about some of their purging behavior. I think they started instead of doing because when they were doing the mass purges, everyone was noticing because lots of people were tweeting about it. And hey, you know, I my account got deleted on YouTube and my account got deleted on YouTube. And so people were noticing it. I think what they do, they do now is they just target people a on a, they trickle it so that yeah. it's not a, and so if you've got an, a midsize following like us or something, and, and if, and if you get deleted, well then, you know, it's not that many people paying attention when you get deleted. And instead of it having, um, when they did it all at once and people were like, Oh, that's, it's that midsize channel and that midsize channel and that midsize channel. I think they've gotten trickier. Yeah, tricksters. Probably. I mean, they're not dumb. So, Cheeky Mare. Cheeky Mare gives us five bucks and says, uh, either way, Biden or Trump, getting a handle on social media is needed now. Either get rid of the publisher protection or start a new Twitter, Facebook. I So here's one prediction I'll make, um, especially because Trump is, I assume Trump is gone. I mean, I, there, there is a, minuscule possibility of success here for Trump. But I, at this point, I'm assuming it's not going to happen. Um, I, I, because Trump is gone, there will be no pressure on any tech companies to be um, any more fair towards non-woke leftist stuff. There'll be zero pressure. And so, because I think a lot of the pressure was coming because Trump was putting a spotlight on it and keeping it as part of the conversation that was happening. So I don't think they're going to feel any pressure about it. They're not going to be forced, like, you know, they would censor him or do things to him and, like, it made the news and people pay attention, right? That's not going to happen because they can just censor him now and it doesn't matter. He's not a sitting president. And um, so I do think there will be an ecosystem. There will be an alternate ecosystem that needs to develop. I mean, it either develops or we... we (laughs) we slide just into full authoritarianism. So I, I think there might be a, an alternate ecosystem that starts to get developed here. And there are a few platforms already that do some of this stuff. So maybe one of them will take off or something new will come along. Um, another one from Cheeky Mayor. Cheeky Mayor says, I was working the Indiana polls. 
I talked to a Democrat. She said that Republicans are encouraging voter suppression for being against mail-in. Agreed, Carter. Right? That's the that's the thing. As soon as you say, well, I don't know about this mail-in stuff, it it could be it could be a, a vector for fraud. You're accused of voter suppression, and that's how NPR um, talks about it. Uh, that's their normal way of talking about. That's it, the way they suppression. talk about. It. They also talk about. This is really funny. They they say we need mail-in voting. They have a lo- number of reasons why you should be able to vote uh, by mail, which is easier to fake a ballot, as you said, Carter. One of the things they say is that nobody should have to stand in line to vote. You know, that's voter suppression, standing in line to vote. I'm like, is it though? You have to stand in line to go to the movies. My friend pointed out yesterday, you have to stand in line to buy a coffee. Is it coffee suppression because the line at Starbucks is long? Like, I'm sorry, I I don't see anything wrong with having to stand in line to do something like something as important as voting. Well, just don't. I mean, you're talking to someone who thinks voting should be more (laughs) difficult. Um, (laughs) It's not, I mean, I'm not joking. Yeah, I know. I just, you always say that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I look, I, I don't know what, where does this idea come from that, that the more people you get to vote, the better answer you're going to get. Like yeah. people have, people have a difficult time getting to the polls. Let's make it so that you don't have to do anything that you can think and vote automatically. Why? Why do we want their opinion? Like, I, I don't know. Why do you want the opinion of someone who can't be bothered to register six months in advance and, you know, drive over to the polls? I don't yeah. I don't know why you want. Why do you want their opinion? Uh, but we know why, because their opinion is simply the product of manipulation. And that product needs to be counted. All right. Kenton Uferchuk says, my BS detector goes off Um Whenever anyone tries to stop scrutiny, this election should be scrutinized like none before. Yeah, by the way, I'm not saying you should stop scrutiny. I I agree with that. I think it should be scrutinized. Uh, I just, I want to caution people because they'll run away with anecdotal stories. And anecdotal stories should be the starting point. You should investigate them and and then they should be be taken seriously if warranted. Uh, But, you know, just retweeting and saying this is proof of voter fraud is not really a great idea. Rin Wesley gives us five bucks and says, if the oh, cathedral is such a juggernaut, could we possibly create an alternative media that doesn't rely on the technological ecosystem? Yes, we can. Uh, you know, the, okay, here are the, here are the, the things that we, that will be very difficult. Um, uh, domain registrars, like DNS servers, domain registrars, those are, those are harder not impossible. Um, and so obviously if the cathedral or if we'll just say the deep state, obviously if the government controls and a literal switch for the internet, like in China, right? If the government's willing to shut stuff off at a fundamental level on the internet, then at that point, yeah, it becomes very difficult to build your own alternate ecosystem. But YouTube, I mean, the code for creating YouTube isn't that spectacular. Can you create a YouTube? Yeah, the economics of YouTube actually are difficult to work out. So the business model is is a little bit hard because YouTube is not, uh, certainly didn't start off as a profit center. It might be now, but it's, you know, it's not, it wasn't a cash cow and it bled a lot of cash at the beginning and there's some cost. But the, the, the technology to do this stuff 
isn't hard. I mean, it's hard, but it's not, it's not, undo, it's not, it's not impossible. Um, the hard thing is getting critical mass and for all social, like this is just, and by this is just a normal Silicon Valley thing that everyone in Silicon Valley knows. You want to start a company that's some sort of network or some sort of social network. No, no one asks the question of like, how are you going to do this technically? Like that's, that's doable. We know that. Mm-hmm. The question is, how are you going to get critical mass? Because until you have critical mass, it doesn't take off. Um, and you get this little echo chamber with 300 people in it and it never, it never becomes Facebook. So getting to the critical mass is the hard part, but the crazier the left gets, the crazier that existing tech gets, the more people are going to want to jump ship and the, the easier it will be for alternative platforms to hit critical mass. So, um, you know, Android is probably a better platform than, than iOS, for apps because it's easier to get apps onto Android. Um, they can be taken out of the Google store, but I think you can still get an app for, for some things. Apple has much tighter control, so Gab doesn't have an app for Apple products. So that's another yeah. vector that they can control. Um, but there is it is possible to do it, and you can always browse. You can browse to Gab on your Apple device. They don't, they don't block the URL. Uh, so yeah, I think it is possible to create that uh, technological ecosystem is it work? Gab, Will it take Gab, time, money? Yes, but it's possible. Gab was blocked from getting an app on both the uh, Apple Store and the Yes, but Google. I think with an Android, you can still get the app. It's just get not in the, the Google app. Play Store. Right. Right. It's not in the right. store. But in Apple, I think you literally can't install the app. I'm not sure, but I think you just can't. Yeah. I'm not 100% right. sure on that, but I, th- I think. Okay. Yeah. Little Ragamuffin. You want Little to hear? Little Ragamuffin. says, COVID came from China. China owns Biden. COVID was given to us to steal this election. Um, I don't necessarily think it was purposefully given to us, but I do believe that they used it regardless. It doesn't matter to me if it was given or not because they used it. You know, that whole quote we mentioned before, the Rahm Emanuel quote, never let a crisis go to waste. You know, they they used COVID. Of course they did. I mean, they, and, would, and they hey, wouldn't be China if they didn't use whatever. Like, of course yeah. they did. And and the the deep state used China the the mm-hmm. Democratic Party used China the deep state used COVID and and the Democratic Party used COVID and and I was saying hey at least the silver lining of Biden becoming president means that uh, all these COVID restrictions that should have gone away a long time ago are going to go away but I do think at first he'll make here's here's what I think he'll do I think he's going to make a big to do about doing something different than Trump and do some kind of federal mask mandate he did say he was going to do a federal mask mandate and do that for a few weeks and then say look at how much better everything is now that I did the thing Trump couldn't do. I've killed COVID and like, it'll go away and it'll, and the narrative will have been created that in all the leftists, you know, they'll, they'll say, you know, Biden handled, thank God we got Biden in there because now we don't have all the COVID restrictions. Yeah. He is going to get credit for ending COVID. And what's going to happen is nothing's going to change, but because he's in office, they'll decide that it's not a big deal anymore. Stop dealing with it and he'll be declared. It'll go away. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. That's exactly but if Trump, had, if Trump gets in there, then they will continue to pull out the COVID hysteria and manufacture the hysteria as long as it benefits them to do so. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I guess there's a silver lining. We won't have COVID once Biden gets in <laughs> office. Yes. <laughs> he'll, he'll solve it. Yeah. Uh, Wokes Bane gives us five Wokes bucks Bain and says, says I for Go ahead. one welcome our new Chuanuana Shabata Prize Overlords. That's really funny. That's that word that that's that word that Biden said that uh much like Kafefi, but unlike Kafefi did not get 
did not make the rounds. That's a hard, media. that's even harder than Kofefi to pronounce. So I can't say that. <laughs> um, Cheeky Mayor says, there are also non-Catholic rosaries. I have one from Etsy. I had no idea. That's cool. I didn't I even know. rosary was a Catholic thing. I don't know. Look what I know. Um, oh, by the way, somebody says, this is not a super chat. I just see my name highlighted. It says, what did you think of Jack? Meaning Jack Murphy. He was great. Uh, I was really impressed with him. And uh, um, it's the Democrats to deplorable guy. And I had a great time talking with him uh, on the show. Let's see. Captain's log is the next one. Yep. You oh, see it? Captain's log says if Putin steps down, does Biden start a war with Russia? No. You don't think so? No, they're all talk know. about Russia. For, I mean, first yeah. of all, yeah. They, Russia's just remember a way that to they attack. project. So they're projecting yeah. that Trump is Russia's or is is Putin's puppet, which means they're probably Putin's puppets. <laughs> Like, I don't yes. know. Like, they don't want a war. Look, a war with Russia is not, it's not a minor thing. I don't think they would go that far. Uh, I don't think, I don't think that's about to happen. You know, remember that video I mentioned that Jimmy Dore did where he pointed out that he was talking about how the Russia collusion narrative was BS. And he said, you know, he looked at some of the Clinton staff emails from WikiLeaks where during the campaign, they were talking openly in their emails about what are her biggest what are her biggest um, weaknesses? Mm-hmm. And one of the things they talked about was her relationship with Ukraine and stuff. And so he's right. like, you know, you basically take your biggest weakness and then you project it onto the person you're trying to attack. You take whatever you're weak in. So, you know, if you have a, a shady business dealings with the Ukraine or whatever, you you go ahead and, and make those accusations about the other guy. Right. So uh, that when it, the other guy brings it up, it looks like he's just me tooing. Right. Mm-hmm. If you are a... Um, yeah, I, I'll stop there, but go yeah. ahead. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's the tactic. That's the tactic. Julianne. Uh, Julianne says, I love Carter's message about friendships. Thanks, Julianne. So do I. Carter's, Carter gives great relationship and friend advice. Now, if <laughs> only he would follow it. Uh. Sick, sick gives us five pounds. pounds. Yes. Okay. And says, I have faith even in, even if Trump loses, but I hate the idea of a Biden presidency during COVID and the great reset. I'm relying on the court greetings from the UK. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping the court can help, but we'll see. By the way, Um, the word reset is just another way to think of, can we finally get rid of the last vestiges of Western civilization? Cause it kind of sucks. We don't like this enlightenment thing. Can we press the reset button on the enlightenment, but start like it's, it's not a reset. It's a, uh, you're not rebooting the computer. You're taking it and throwing it off a cliff and buying a different computer and using that. That's what the great reset is. It's not, it's not a reset. Just to be clear. Sorry. Hey, um, before we do the Bedford stuff, I have to take a break. All right. Can I'm I take read... it now while you finish these yeah. and I'll yeah. be right back? I'll read Esoteric Agenda. Uh, Esoteric Agenda gives us 10 bucks and says, I love you guys so much, so much doom and gloom stuff going on these days, but you find a way to discuss them that displays the comical absurdity of a world. Thank you. It is clown world, esoteric agenda. It is indeed clown world, and you can rely on at least being able to look at what everyone around is doing and get some entertainment out of it. So, and look, what matters for your personal life really is your family, your friends, the community, like that's where you're, that's, that's really going to be where most of your 
your satisfaction and happiness comes from. Uh, even if you guys end up having to uh, <coughs> fight <coughs> to survive. Okay. Joseph Sorty, Joseph says, Joseph gives us 10 bucks and says, when I Googled election results, Fox News was nowhere to be found. Forget censoring independent sources. They don't even show a mainstream leaning, right-leaning source. Yes, that's true. That is true. By the way, 11 down votes today. This is a, I think it's a record. So I guess we're supposed to be saying Trump totally won. It's all election fraud. I don't know what we're supposed to be saying, but uh, oh well. All right. Uh, Columbus Cynic gives us 50 bucks. Thank you, Columbus Cynic. And says, watching the stock market as well as the price of ammo and gas just closed on our house and probably going to get a new truck while the interest rates are low. This is fascinating territory. I haven't, I assume the stock market recovered a little bit from the uncertainty. I haven't watched the price of ammo and gas. I assume ammo's up. Is gas up too? Um, I mean, we are energy independent now, which is nice, thanks to Trump. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. It is fascinating. What's what's going to be happening? I don't know. Uh, Sir Lunchalot11 writes, current vote totals in Wisconsin are 75% of the total population of Wisconsin over 17 years old. A 75% voter participation rate participation rate when the national average hovers around 43%. I thought the national average was very high this time, like 60-something. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, we're going to talk about some... We are going to talk about some anomalies, because I, I do... What I don't like are the anecdotes of fraud that are taken as on face value without any more investigation. Like, here's a YouTube video of someone saying something and or a thing that looks like this is happening, therefore voter fraud. Like, the anecdotes need to be investigated a little bit more before just taken on face value. Where I think things get interesting is when you look at some data, like broad data, there are a little bit of, there's some indication that there's something looks weird. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Helena Black, Helena Black gives us five bucks and says, I'll remember this voter suppression when we're standing in line for our bread. This is carb suppression. <laughs> yeah. Uh, someone, oh, uh, Salvant77 writes, Prop 16 didn't pass in California. Is there some hope here? Oh, you're in California with me? I'm sorry, first of all. Uh, no, we mentioned that before. Uh, there was another super chat about Prop 16. I, the Asian community fought against it pretty badly, and it's a hard one because I mean, on the on the literal ballot thing, it was like we're repealing <laughs> we're repealing the law that says you can't discriminate. I mean, it's a that's a hard one for people to swallow. I think we'll get there eventually. California will eventually repeal it, but is there hope for California? I wouldn't. I mean, I don't see a lot of hope in that. It's like they're not killing themselves as fast as they could be, I guess. There's your hope. Um, Andrew Joyner gives us two pounds and a sticker. And it's a pair of character turning around, waving his hand, saying, hey, you, while lowering his glasses. I'm just reading what, it's, <laughs> what it says the sticker is. The Sissy Finn Journal gives us five bucks and says, coming soon, opt-out ballots. If you don't show up physically at the polls and vote, otherwise your you vote is automatically recorded as Democrat. <laughs> yes. I assume that you're voting Democrat unless you specify otherwise. Yeah. Don't, uh, that, that'll come someday. Second, uh, 2A self-defense law says, uh, gives us 20 bucks and says, 
I can make my feelings whatever I choose them to be at the moment. Donald Trump's votes, the reason he's behind is because math is white supremacist. Oh, that's a good idea. I choose to use woke math. He won all the states, including California. I'm surprised no one is making this argument. It's a brilliant argument to a self-defense law. Uh, math is white supremacist. Two plus two is five. And um, therefore, Trump has 275 electoral votes and has won. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Prove me wrong, social justice warriors. <laughs> well, as James Lindsay keeps saying, it's the, it's our first postmodern election. How are we how are we liking it, guys? That's what he said. It's true. Stevie LG <laughs> gives us five bucks and says, "Hey, dude, I said that my bit on the USBC page. All y'all organize mass move off YouTube and Facebook. If can take metadata with." Oh. I'm not sure what he means he's talking about. we should get off of we should get off of these platforms he means well we are on other platforms so if you want to follow us there we kind of have these other platforms as a backup for when we do get expelled from YouTube um, or wherever if we do yep. and so uh, you can find us on pretty much every other pop popular one right like we're on BitChute if you want to watch our videos there uh, yeah. library BitChute yeah um, why bother why bother gives us 10 euro and says, I'm with Carter on the making easier to vote thing. It's something like ask the average person. I like Ricky Gervais's take on it. Do you know how stupid the average person is? <laughs> yeah. Right. And half the people are dumber than that. So. Uh, oh, I like that's a that's a nice averages joke. Julianne. Julianne says, gives us five bucks and says, not looking forward to more of Biden's nonsensical speeches or Kamala Harris's hyena laugh. Oh, it's his hyena laughter. That's a good description. Can't believe they got one vote, let alone 73 million votes. Million. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe it was one person voting 73 million times. Who knows? And then uh, the last, we have one last one, right? Richard Petz? Yes. Richard Petz gives us five Canadian buckaroos and says five bucks for your ammo jar, Carter. Thank, Thank you. you, Richard. Thank you, Richard. Okay. Oh, sorry. One more. Geode. Geode says Biden sucks for us Brits on Brexit. Big Anglophobe. Oh. Oh, that that's interesting to hear. Oh, well. We said we would go over the um the Benford's thing. Should we like really quickly do a Benford the Benford's thing? Yes. I would okay. like to look at this with you and see what you make of it. Okay. Bear with us. There's going to be some math. <laughs> uh, but we're not going to go into the math. It's going to be glossed over math. Um, but we're going to explain a little bit. Uh, and this is an example of one of those things I was saying that I, this is the kind of statistical analysis. This is the kind of thing, this statistical analysis is the kind of thing that makes that, that to me is more interesting to investigate because um, it's not an anecdote. It's not, like it's not a small case. It's looking at a broad trend and seeing something amiss in this trend. And so, yes. uh, again, this is not proof, but it deserves investigation. And maybe there's math errors here that that I haven't seen. So, here it is. This is it's going to be a Twitter thread. We're going to follow this Twitter thread because this guy does a great job. He's stats guy PhD. Does a great job on this. Um, and I'm just we're going to read his tweets and then maybe. Talk about him as we go, if necessary. 
He says, I'm making these tweets to explain in one place some analysis that was done last night. One, I was asked offline about doing Benford's on election data. I explained that this is a common and useful way to detect anomalies in data that are driven by artificial processes, i.e. fraud. So, or e.g. fraud. Uh, Benford's is, so uh, it turns out if you look at data, um, if you look at a large amounts of data, you end up with the probability distribution of digits at any given place, any given significant figure place is not, um, you would you might expect that it was like, even among all digits, right? But it's not. One shows up more than two. Two shows up more than three. Three shows up more than four. This is just, this is just a phenomenon, a statistical phenomenon that happens. And you can use this in um, lots of things to detect. For example, you can detect whether data is actually random or not. Um, yes. You can, like... There, there's things you can use to, well, it doesn't really show you if it's right, but it doesn't matter. You can use it for statistical analysis. And and what you do is you, you're trying to see whether there's an anomaly here because you would expect this data to follow roughly this kind of um, logarithmic drop-off of, uh, of more ones, less, fewer twos, fewer threes, fewer fours, fewer five, fewer sixes, right? That's so what you expect. It's also called, for anybody, if you want to look up Benford's law, it's also called the law of anomal- anomalous numbers. Yeah. And so, yeah, so it, it, because it is about looking at anomalies. So, um, okay, so that's the first tweet. Second tweet, um, my student then pointed me towards a tweet that was exploring this type of analysis, but they hadn't done Bedford, so I chimed in. However, I did not know what data they used, so I found a source for the context they referenced. However, I could not initially find write-ins versus non-write-ins, so I looked at candidate counts. Okay, so he wrote a quick script to gather data. Here's an example of the data gathering. So... Um, he's looking at Wisconsin here. Here's Milwaukee. Uh, he's looking at Milwaukee results. Okay. So then he says, with this data now available to look at in code, I created a process to analyze first digital conformity to Benford's distribution. So he's looking to see, does this conform to predicted expectations of what the data, what you would expect the data to look like? Um, and then he says, uh, this is a test that's often conducted v- via uh, chi-squared. Chi-squared is a, a basically a analysis to see how well something fits. It's usually used for that. Okay, so uh, I'm making these tweets to explain in one place. Oh, sorry. Uh, six, I wrote the code to produce the Benford's discrete distribution. The code looks like this. We don't really, code doesn't care. I re- I'm sure no one cares about the code, but there's this code. Okay. Um, now that I had the data in distribution, I simply needed to perform the test to do that. I leverage Scripty's chi-squared, Scripty, or Skippy's, Skippy's chi-squared, chi-squared. However, prior to doing that, you need to produce the expected result values, not just the percentages, but this is simple, blah, blah, blah. So do that. You take the total number of observations, number, uh, number of numbers that the first digit counts are derived from, and multiply them by Benford's distribution frequencies accordingly. So basically... He's saying, "What what do we expect this to look like? I need to make a I need to make an ex, expected thing, and then I'm going to compare the distribution of Trump votes and Biden votes to the expectations, right? And the final processes put all this stuff together. Fine. Here's the rest of the script. He's just showing his work. Okay, this is the most interesting part of this. So this gray line." This is the, the distributions. You would expect the digit one to show up here. The gray, the gray is the the theoretical, right? It the goes down. You can see it kind of falls off here. Falls from I don't know one forty 
three two or something like that down to eighty three, then like you know fall and drops off down here. So that's the that's the, what you expect the gray line. The orange line is Trump. Trump's you know not a perfect fit to the gray line, but does kind of bump down a little bit. Da, 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 kind of he follows conforms, it, sort of his his vote count conforms more to it. Conforms. The blue line is Biden. Biden's vote count does not conform to this really well at all. And he measures the difference here. This is also important. So he says, uh, here's the raw numbers, right? Okay. All right, here's the respective p-values. Now, this is, this, is, this is super important. And I know that p-values sound, oops, p-values sound weird, but... Um, P-values are important. So the P-value is what he's doing is saying each, each one of these curves don't fit the expected result, right? Neither one of them was perfect, right? And he's saying, what's the probability that randomly you would end up with something that doesn't fit in this way, right? So you look at this and you say, well, the p-value for Trump is 0. 0.0004, eight, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Now, the, the absolute value of this isn't that important because they're not, it's not fitting the curve. So it's going to be a low, it's a low p-value. Biden's, however, is, I don't what is that? 20 something orders of magnitude less Biden's yes. is 1.5 times 10 to the negative 27. That p-value, it's like 20, I don't know, what is that, 23, 22 times less? Or sorry, not 22, 20, it's orders of magnitude, like 20-something orders of magnitude less than Trump's. That is weird. That's all this means. Mm -hmm. That is really weird. So he says... What is notable is the extreme difference in their p-values. The drawback to this analysis is that there's a better test for Benford's goodness of fit. It's the Watson version of the Kramer von Mises test. You can read about why it's better here, blah, blah, blah. So he doesn't, he doesn't use that, so I don't know. Um, but the point here, and he's got references if you want to look at how to do these. Um, and we'll put, we'll put a link to this tweet thread in the description of today's video so you guys yeah. can read it. But here is the but here is the summary. What is undeniable is that the first digit frequencies of Biden's vote totals is extremely anomalous in comparison to Trump's. Now, does that mean that there is definitely voter fraud? No. It is not proof that there's voter fraud. What it is is a really weird statistical anomaly that suggests you might want to explore this. It could be, it's very unlikely, but it could be random. Or it could be that there's something going on here. It could be that there's an error in this. I didn't go through all of his code, right? We, you know, I didn't recreate this. But uh, I think this, to me, this kind of stuff, this level of analysis is where I'm more interested in starting me too. Rather than anecdotes, because you look at this and it's like, okay, this is a widespread. This isn't like maybe there's some bad thing that happened to one voter in one spot. This is like, oh, there's something broadly weird about the data that needs to be investigated. Um, and so I hope this is investigated, but I don't know. 
I don't know if anyone's really talking about this. Do you, Carrie? No, I saw a few people with large following share it. Scott Adams shared it. I think that may have been how I saw it. Or someone shared it with me when I was asking. He was just retweeting it and showing that, you know, I I know he shared it. That's all I'm saying. And, uh, and, uh, and I'm, thank you for walking me through this. I sent, I I sent it to you because I wanted you to tell me what you thought of it. And I'm the symbol. I'm the same as you. The anecdotes and stuff are not as much, they're not as interesting to me, I guess, as something like this, because this is looking at the big picture of does the vote count and the time that they came out, the, the time that that certain votes were counted for certain candidates, yes. when the vote count jumped for certain candidates, does that make sense? Does it follow what you would expect statistically? And so this to me is is very interesting. I think I think to answer your question, though, about like, are people looking at it? I think part of the problem is that it's math. And so, well, it's not that hard. It's not super right. hard math. But, but it's math, and it's it's not going to be as compelling to people as anecdotes. And you know, right. how do how do they even try and explain this to people? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It, this is the this is the problem with this math, right? So, like, just as an example, you can look at a set of. So, with statistics, your problem with statistics is you never have a smoking gun. Right. It's always probability. And you can look at you can look at a set of numbers and say this very probably wasn't produced by a random number generator. It was very probably produced by a human. You can tell that because humans are really bad at being random. Um, And or you can do things like this. You can look at this and say this is this is this is weird statistically. But it's not proof. It's just weird. It doesn't mean like it doesn't mean it couldn't have happened. It just means it's very unlikely to have happened and needs to be investigated. So I I would think that people that monitor, I mean, I, maybe I am way more naive than I, maybe I'm not blackpilled. Maybe I'm still too naive and I need to be like, what's that new black color that they developed? Whatever that what came out beginning of the V. I need to be that pilled, whatever it is. Uh, but Wait. like, I would assume that people who look at elections should be investigating this a little bit more deeply and saying, yeah, this is a weird statistical anomaly. I have, I have, I just want to say something. I want to disagree with lady Della on one thing. She said, what? this is not a super chat, but she says the problem is that math carry don't assume math is hard for many people. No, I think you're wrong. It is hard for many people. And in fact, our, our college, um, students who are entering college, the fresh, the freshmen who are entering have shown that they're less proficient in math than they were just 10 years ago and even even less proficient than they were 20 years ago. I mean, people are not very good at math anymore. You may be, yes. Um, I would consider you an anomaly. I mean, this is part of the, the reason with with that there's so much um, uh, anger over discussing um, differences in averages when it comes to sex and race. We've talked about this before. <laughs> right, that's even people easier get, than this. And that's, and that, yeah. that's much easier to understand than this averages, but a lot of people don't understand them. And, and I felt Carter, I've talked about before, like we, om- we almost meet, need some kind of a, um, you know, math channel, the basic math channel <laughs> to help explain things. Because if, if someone doesn't understand a bell curve, for example, and you say on average, women are more likely to want to work with people rather than things. And th- all they hear is, is that women all like to work with people more than things. And then they get upset and they say, well, I'm a woman and I'm in engineering and I like, the, and it's like, okay, yeah, of course. Like, don't, right. don't, you know what averages mean? Right. Yeah. Um, but I think people, I think people struggle with it. And also it's not as, um, 
it's not as compelling as the emotional anecdotes. I do agree with you, Lady Della, and with Spock's mom, who said we need to look at both and be interested in both. And part of the reason I think we need to look at both is because, as we've said before, you know, going back to Jonathan Haidt's book about um, uh, the righteous mind, where he talked about he talked about the rational mind and the emotional mind. People are pulled along by story and by narrative and by the emotional mind. So the anecdotes about voting fraud or what that's what's going to get people's attention. And I think do we do need to to point those out where we find them and, and investigate them. Absolutely. But I think uh, I think the more boring rational mind statistic part is is it's in it's more I guess it's more interesting to me because I I don't know, it, it cranks my gears a little more. Like I'm like I, I'm not yeah, saying yeah. that this should be investigated by the public. I'm saying that people who look at this stuff, I would think there. I mean, aren't there people who do that? Like maybe not, maybe not. But this is this is something that someone should be like, oh, okay, great. I, this needs to be looked into more. I have access to election data, and this is what I do. I'm like, and then they can come up with anecdotes about it because then they figure out why and what's going on, and then the anecdotes get sold as like. Hey, there was anomalies we investigated, and it turns out that blank was happening, and that the, the blank that thing is the anecdote. Um, so I, I guess maybe I'm naive in thinking that someone wants to do that analysis. Maybe just this guy did, and that's the end. No one, else, no one else will look at it. Um, I do know someone. Someone in chat was like, well, "Have you heard of uh, ballot harvesting?" Yeah. So obviously we covered ballot harvesting. Like we know that that can happen. Um, we talked about that recent Project Veritas video. Uh, again, I, I know people are misrepresenting what I'm saying, which is that there's no fraud. I'm not saying there's no fraud. I'm saying you can't, you, no one in chat has proof of all of the fraud. You don't know the extent of the fraud. You have evidence, you have anecdotes, you hear stories. Don't jump to like, it's all fraud and it's obviously all true and that's why he lost. You don't know that. There is evidence. The evidence needs to be investigated. I agree the evidence should be investigated. Some of the evidence is stronger than others. The Project Veritas video with some undercover stuff about some of those ballots, that's interesting. That's that's like that's real evidence that needs to be looked at. This anomaly, I think this statistical anomaly needs to be looked at. Um and it and it maybe yeah. is a sign that there's something else uh fishy in Wisconsin. But by the way, thank you to Christ who said yeah. it's Vanta Black. Yes, I need to be Vanta Blackfield, apparently. Oh, well, and also, yeah, I misspoke. Some pe Two people pointed this out. I, the, the analogy was bad. I should have said someone would point to the female engineer and say, see, there's a woman who is, you know. Because the female engineer would know what statistics right. The female <laughs> yes. engineer would know what statistics are. Yes, sorry, yeah. I misspoke. That's a bad analogy. But, right. you know, another example we've given is when, when people say, you know, on average, uh, Chinese people are shorter you know, but then then everyone will point to a tall Chinese basketball player and say, but look at that guy. And you're like, yeah, that's averages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the person who so. does that is automatically below those averages. OK, um, on some <laughs> measure. OK, let's do some let's do some more super chats. Um, Austin Mellon says, mm. always good to hear y'all. Carter, keep up these great talks and honesty. Carrie loved your convos on Tim Pool this week. Keep the faith. Yeah. For those of you who missed it. Cool. Carrie did an election night with Tim Pool. It was uh, it was fun. There was a lot of people on, right? A lot of interesting people. <laughs> I'm just laughing at people in the chat. Uh, this person's like, it was just a joke. Anyway. Why um, bother gives us two euros and says, statistical anomaly here. I care about the code. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I know. <laughs> I know there's some statistical anomalies in chat. Someone will care about the code. I mean, maybe I should look at this more deeply. I, yeah. Uh -huh. I always assume, and this is the part where I'm naive, I always assume that there's like someone who geeks out on the statistics of elections who's going to look at this, but... Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Not. Maybe there's literally there's no not. one who's going to be doing this. I don't like, I, I find that hard to believe. You know what my favorite thing was? Um, did you see the uh, Fleckus? You sent me this. Fleckus had the people, the dead people voting in Michigan. Yeah. Um, and I went to the site. Like he, I actually have video of it in case they take it down. But like I went to the site and I typed in the name of the people that were like 118 years old or whatever. And they, they were there. They showed up. Um, yeah. And of course, Snopes, I actually have the Snopes thing sitting over here. Snopes is like, well, I don't know. It's here's a genetic fallacy and blah, 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 blah. OK, uh, they weren't sure that this was authentic. And um, an election official was like, no, no, they don't. This is how it was disproved. The, an election official said, no, that's not that's don't, don't worry. <laughs> Right. So I was thinking about this and I was thinking like, OK, imagine what if they did the whole news thing, but they were honest about their investigative reporting and they're like, we go now to Dave Smith, who's been investigating the voter fraud in Detroit. Hey, Jerry, I'm here with uh, Bob from who's a lifelong Democrat and who would lose his job and go to jail if it turned out there were voter fraud. Bob, did dead people vote? Uh, no. Uh, no. Well, well, nothing to see they, here. Back to you. <laughs> it's also, like <laughs> also they said um, the reason why that didn't matter was because if a de if somebody did commit fraud and send in a ballot under a dead person's name, that it would get rejected. But I th I was thinking, really? How do I know that? How do I know it would be kicked out? I don't know that. <laughs> yeah, and here's here's I want to point something out because I did this for two of these. Hold on, I'm gonna I'll sh I'll just show this because because uh, I can. So hold on, let me do. I'll do a full screen view here. We'll watch this thing. Hold on. Uh, hmm. I don't know why I can't do full screen, but that's okay. So here is, this is me typing in one of these names. This person was the 120 year old person. Okay. And this is on Michigan's website here. So I, you know, I type it in, I go down, blah, blah, blah. It's not that exciting to watch typing, but so I go to their website. June Aiken. There's the birth month, birth year zip code. So you can, you can test this on their website. Birth year 1900, so 120 year old person, right? Put in the zip code, search. Now it says, I'm going to just pause the video here because I want to leave it up. Yes, you're registered. Okay, now, there have been explanations about this, uh, saying, well, 1900 is like a default year when there's an error. It actually was 1990 or whatever. Like, it, it could be defaulted, you know, think this could be not, not the problem that you think it is. Also, as you said, Carrie, the election official was saying, well, if they're dead, we don't, we throw the ballot away. Here's what I think is weird. They're saying, if you're dead, we throw the ballot away. Okay. So what that means is if you know they're dead, you throw the ballot away, right? Then why did you send them a ballot? <laughs> exactly. In That's September of 2020. 
if you knew they were dead, if you knew they were dead, that's why that's so absurd. They said, trust us. If we get a ballot for a dead person, we're not going to count it. Well, why did, if you knew they were dead, why'd you give them the ballot in the first place? Right. (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. And so a real reporter would start asking questions like, well, how does this happen? How does a person born and and their answer might be that's not a real birthday. There might be a legitimate reason for this. It might be, you know, we switched over and Y2K and we did something. I don't know. And it turned out to be 1900 instead of something else. Right. And they were born in 2000. Right. And it's a it's an error um, or there was a mistype somewhere that that's all possible. Right. But you'd think that they would be like someone would ask these questions like, well, why did you. Why'd you send a ballot to someone? And why are you telling me that? Because for the other person, I think what they said was, oh, that person is is dead, so we wouldn't count their ballot. It's like, well, why'd you send it? Why'd you send it? If you know they're dead, why'd you send it? I don't know. Look, there could be a legitimate answer to this. I'm not, I'm, I'm holding space for a legitimate answer, as they said. But, but, what but they it said should be asked. Not a legitimate answer. What they said was just trust us, we won't count it is not a legitimate right. answer. Um, are we... With Super Chats, did you do Cheeky Mayor yet? No, let's do Cheeky Mayor. Cheeky Mayor says, is the Trust the Science Party going to trust this? <laughs> you mean the statistical an- no. anomalies? I don't know. Um, Unless 97% of election officials say that yeah. this is an anomaly. Sorry. Wastelander gives us five bucks and says, what's also anomalous is freaking mail-in voting. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's... And there is different. rational reason to be concerned about the potential for fraud with mail-in voting. That's a thing. I don't know why that needs to be said. It's one of these obvious <laughs> things. Yeah. <sighs> um, and then Let Freedom Ring America, thank you, gives us another super chat and says, they may strike down Trump today, but he will be like Obi-Wan. He will only come back more powerful. MAGA. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> Maybe. We could be living uh, on the Death Star. Maybe somebody said he should go to Mar-a-Lago and be the anti-president, like the anti-pope. <laughs> wow! <laughs> somebody gives us a hundred dollar super chat. Hermit Her- H. Rush, thank you. I don't know if I've seen you before. Thank you. Says Welcome. go look at Virginia's first congressional district on the Virginia government website. Prince William County, one hundred and twenty-one thousand votes for Biden versus fifty thousand for Democrats. Uh, versus fifty thousand for House uh, Democrat House nominee Rashid. You're telling me that three-fifths, 60% of voters only voted for Biden and neglected down the ballot? Fishy as F. Please go look. Is, I will look at that. Did they, did they vote for my, – my question would be how many total votes did the Republican candidate receive for the, that nominee too? Like do those, do, the, do those add up because – Virginia, I don't know how close that is to D.C. I don't know where Prince William County is, but Virginia is one of those places where I imagine there's a hell of a lot of Lincoln Republicans or there's a hell of a lot of like never Trump Republicans who will vote for the Republican House nominee, but won't vote for Trump. Um, I still think that's a lot. It's still fishy. I'm not saying it's not fishy. I'm trying to look. I'm always trying to get I'm always trying to play devil's advocate like. I know. I'm just, but we can agree it's fishy. AF. It's a little bit fishy. Yes. <laughs> uh, Maldred. Maldred gives us five bucks. Hey, Maldred. Thanks. Thank that's you. Manny. We know Manny from Book Club. Oh, that's Manny. Yeah. Hi, Manny. Manny is is awesome in Book Club. He's fun. Okay. Yes. 
Chris says, gives us two bucks and says, Biden at inauguration. I see dead people. <laughs> uh, it, I, maybe he'll thank them. Um, why bother? Why bother gives us five euro and says, YouTube didn't let me post a super chat about IQ curves. Really? Wow. Well, hmm. welcome to the future. I mean, the bra- welcome to the brave new world. Well, like I said, with Trump gone, it's not going to get better. It's not no, gonna, it's this gonna is get, not going to get better. It's going to get worse. So, it's going to get worse. Uh, uh, I am. Uh, I I will admit to being slightly depressed about Trump not winning because I thought we would have. I was hoping we would have another four years of staving off the absolute insanity coming from the critical race theorists on the left, but. Uh, it was so, going to come. This was going to happen. So this was going to ha- Hermit H. Rush oh, wow. gives us another super chat. Thank you, sir. And says Trump got sixty-one thousand, and the Republican nominee got forty-one thousand in that same county. I mentioned the discrepancy oh. is ridiculous. Okay, in that same county. So Prince William County in Virginia. Everyone, I'm going to look that one up too. Yeah. Look and and. And presumably, are these more mail-in ballots, right? This is this is why people don't trust mail-in ballots. Uh, if you had said those were the numbers in person, it would be hard to argue with, right? But as soon as there are mail-in ballots, it's like, well, I don't, I don't know. Can I? I don't think that they're sitting there. I know that they're not sitting there looking at signatures, going, "Is this John Smith's real signature, or might someone have forged yeah. it?" Like that's not what's yeah, happening. That's, that's BS. Uh, keep <laughs> so. the heck I. Keith Hat guy gives us two bucks and says, "My uncle got a mail-in ballot in in Connecticut. Died one year ago." Right. Yeah, I've heard a lot of things like that. Uh, Maria Tuscan, this is not a super chat, but Maria says, "I think this is maybe the push that we needed to stop that, hoping that Trump would fix all of our problems. Maybe we need to stand up and fight this ourselves." I, I mean, I tend to agree with you. Is that we this, needed like to do I that said, anyway? So yes, this is a cultural war, and I do think a lot of people just put their faith in. You know, even even as we've been talking the past couple of years about um, the very understandable fear that people have about talk, criticizing social justice ideology because they're afraid of losing their job or their sense of safety or their social circle or friends or family or what have you. I, I have had conversations occasionally with people who, who would say to me um, that they, they felt OK about about keeping silent because they were going to vote for Trump and that they were confident that a lot of, there would be a lot of silent Trump voters. And I said at the time that I kind of don't think that's enough because you can't, you can't put all your eggs in that one basket of let me vote this person. And even if he got in, he's not going to, one person can't fix a cultural illness. You know, you have, you have to figure out in what small ways can you get past your fear? If you, if you feel that this is important and you feel that you should try and speak the truth and that you should criticize the bad things, if you know, uh, the bad ideas, the bad ideologies, you have to figure out how, how much you're willing to do and what small ways can you do that? I think that's more important than, than one political figure. If everyone started doing that, if everyone who felt this way got over their fear we would be in a different place culturally. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, again, preaching to the choir on this. I mean, I, I you know, when we, for the past two years, we've been saying culture's more important than politics. Uh, so. Yeah. Oh, Hermit, 
Hermit Thrush gives us another super chat. Thank you. He says, also, it's Hermit Thrush. I was saying his name wrong. It's Hermit Thrush, the state bird of Vermont. And Walt Whitman considered it the bird of America's spirit. It has a beautiful warble. Oh, I had no idea. That's cool. I took a... I took an ornithology class in high school. I used to know a lot of birds. Um, I don't know as many anymore. But thank you for that little tidbit of information. Ken B. gives us five bucks and says, It is being reported that a software glitch caused thousands of Michigan votes to be misapplied to Biden. Oops. Uh, (laughs) Michigan County uh, now moves to Trump Kong, 47 counties in play. Interesting. Look, I mean, I like a lot of you, I hope that uh <laughs> I hope it's all voter fraud that gets uncovered. Uh and something changes, but who knows. So Allison says this is not a super chat, but this is important. So I want to say this. She says I want to start being more bold about talking in public, but it's scary. Hey, you you've already you've already reached the first step, which is deciding it's important enough to you that you want to start speaking. So get, it may take a while to get past your fear. It took me, hey, six months, six months from the time that I sort of had started to figure out what I thought about my old belief system. And uh, I wrote a letter to uh, Jordan Peterson and he read it on his channel and he changed a couple of identifying um, facts in it about me, but I was still terrified. I was terrified that somebody I knew in the entertainment world would be able to recognize it was me. And I told him, I was very scared that he did that. And he said, you need to get over your fear. And I knew he was right, but you can't just wake up and get over your fear. It took me, it was six months later until I felt I'm not afraid anymore. I'm going to write this essay and try to explain what I think. And so it can be a long process. I don't think there's a timeline and don't worry. Like the fear is natural. The fear is you have a legitimate reason to be afraid, but I will say once you get past that fear, you'll look back at it and be, you'll be so glad you walked through it. I, I, I truly believe that. Um, I don't regret it at all. I only wish I'd been able to do it sooner. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if this will help. There's actually no escape from the mob. Nothing that you do to keep your head down will work in the long run, probably. So the sooner you speak now, the sooner you speak, the more likely that you'll be able to stave off the horror that these people want to bring. Because the more you'll inspire other people to bring, I mean, I'm I'm still studying the Cultural Revolution in, in China, as I've said several times recently, but because it's so the parallels are so so clear um there's not you didn't by 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 keeping your head down even by trying to join them you were by no means guaranteed to be safe i mean there was no there's no safety anywhere there was no safety so i mean You, they are going to get more vicious, more Marxist. The mobs are going to get angrier. They are going to be, there are going to be more witch hunts. They're going to go after you stronger than they were before. And there's not anything that you can do 
to hide, to guarantee that you're safe. There isn't. But what you can do is fight back. What you can do is stand up and fight back. And yeah, you'll get attacked at the beginning a little bit, but right. you might inspire other people. And there is a community of people who are fighting back. You'll have friends who are united and fighting back. And this is not, it's not the Chinese Cultural Revolution yet. You're not being beaten to death. You're being ostracized on Twitter. You're being ostracized by friends. You're being called names. Very few people are suffering actual physical violence. Most of those people are out in the streets where they're suffering right. violence. So, you know, now's the time to stand up because as they get more violent, the likelihood that standing up gets yes. you a bullet increases. So stand yes. up now while it's words that you get. Because if if we don't, if not enough of us stand up now when it's words, it will be bullets. Or gulag. Nobody's in a gulag yet. I'm using bullets metaphorically. But right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Adam Briarly gives us five pounds and says, how many COVID deaths voted? How many COVID dead, COVID dead voted? Well, uh, since all dead are COVID dead, uh, I'm, I don't know. BK Mill gives us five bucks. Didn't say anything. Just gives us five bucks. Thank you. Thank you. Allison S. says, the fear is less scary when you can now point to potential election fraud. It's hard to defend Trump. It's easy to defend fair elections. Yeah, whatever yeah. you feel more comfortable push, you know, pushing back on, do it and start in small ways. And like we've said many times on this show, those conversations with people in your life are probably more important even than, than you know, you don't have to go to work and and become John the Baptist and start preaching against everything openly. You could just, you could just talk to the people in your life, you know? Uh, all right. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, Zhongfei Chan says my, gives us 10 bucks in Canadian, 10, 10 Canadian dollars <laughs> and says my tinfoil theory is GOP has abandoned Trump since before the election. Yeah. Uh, they are yeah. being awfully quiet, and the GOP is doing pretty good in both Senate and House. The establishment can accept this result. The establishment wants this result. Uh, just to be clear, the establishment Republicans, I don't. They're not Trump fans. Gen as a rule, generally, they're not Trump no, they're fans. Not. So they're not. They're like the never Trumpers. Yeah, they they want this. They you know Biden's much easier to work with than Trump. They know how to deal it's, with a a milk toast actually, Democrat. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, the, the the Republican Party and the Democratic Party are not that different, and the the political elite are they're not that different. They have a lot in common, and so the neocons, the neolibs. I mean, they both want wars. They both they both support the military industrial complex. Like they have a lot of the similar goals. That's why I think you and he and he really. Well, I mean, even more importantly, they just, just they 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 support the existing system. They like the existing system. They like the them. existing system and they like the power that they have. Yeah, and that's why even though he ran as a Republican, that's why you, he's not really a Republican. That's why you see all the GOP establishment hating on him all the time and siding with the Democrats because he's not really. He's just sort of outside the system. I mean, in look the, at in, how much they hated him in the primaries. Yeah, similarly, it's it's similar to how they hated Bernie. You know, Bernie's not really a Democrat. He ran as a Democrat, but it's outside the system. He, is he? Yeah, I think he is. That's why they, they couldn't they could not allow him to beat Hillary. I don't you know, I don't know enough about Bernie or get anything about the appeal of Bernie, so I'll just shut up about Bernie. I don't I don't yeah, you, Bernie, I just don't I just don't <laughs> just understand. Just trust Bernie. me. 
I like him. He's like, he, he's like an actual there. communist, and everyone's like, "Yeah, he's not a Democrat." I'm like, oh, I, I like Bernie. I think I think the reason you don't get him is because it's more of an emotional. I was saying some of this on Tim's show the other night is that people had people who make decisions based on gut. You look at Bernie and you say, "Bernie seems authentic to me," and, and he does. And I think that's why you you saw some people. He does. But see, Carter, you're more of the rational mind space. And I don't, I don't, he doesn't seem authentic to me at all. He's a politician he seems, for his entire life. He's never had a real job. How is that authentic? He seems like he has good intent to me, even if he gets policies wrong. And I think people had the same feeling about Trump. So that's huh. why you saw this weird, weird um, overlap of people who liked Bernie and Trump. Huh. Well, I, like I said, I don't understand Bernie, so I'm not going to argue with that. But uh, one more super chat here. Then I think we can wrap it up soon. Wrap it up, um, yeah. BK Mills says, we need our lefties to organize us, cough, carry, cough, <laughs> like when the SJWs petition Webster's to change definitions, etc. That was something that Carrie and David Raboy talked about. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's, man, I'm such a cynic today. I don't think it's possible. Uh, gosh, Carter, I do. I just think, here's the problem. That stuff I talked about with David Raboy, you know, I don't have, and, and Carter and I were wondering over this, what's the psychology behind it? I don't have the same drive to wake up and edit Wikipedia entries the way that I did when I was a social Well, that's why person. I don't think it's possible. Oh. You're describing because, why I don't think it's because possible. Because now it, I view that as like manipulation. Right. I don't want to do that. Good people if, don't want to be busybodies in everyone else's business. Good people don't want to be activists like this generally. But I do agree with you that, I do agree with you that the disaffected lefties could help help. They have a place. They have a role. We have a role to play in this battle. Oh, I didn't a say you didn't have a role. role. I'm yeah. just saying yeah. that, like, I don't know that that role is to teach Republicans to change Wikipedia. Like, I don't No, I no, don't think don't Republicans think that can either. do that. <laughs> but yeah, um, but I do think we could maybe help figure out messaging and stuff. Anyway, Uncle Bubba. Thank you, Uncle Bubba. He gives us 20 bucks and says, I just caught the beginning and the half end of your show today, but you two are the brightest part of my Fridays. Keep on fighting the fight. Thank you very much for the encouraging words and for the also, super chat. Hermit Thrush. You missed Hermit Thrush. Oh. He gave us another five bucks and said, I've, I've seen Bernie at Hannaford's in Vermont. He bought discount chicken and cheap white wine. <laughs> Whatever his policies, at least he's a normal dude. <laughs> yes. See? And that's like Trump's a normal dude in that way too. So Bernie buys discount chicken and cheap white wine. Trump buys what is he what was he buying when the football team went there? He bought like all Burger King or something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just <laughs> I just I, I like I, this is this is how we vote. You guys, by the way, great at making arguments against universal suffrage. Uh speak your mind says gives us fourteen Ooh, I don't know what that is. Is it Australian? Australian. Is it Australian dollars. Austrian? Says, is it? Okay. No. Hey, hello, Carrie and Carter. I've recently found out that CRT has been taught at universities in Australia. Oh, here we go. Should I be worried about it being taught at high schools? Yes. yes. It's already, I guarantee you, it's not just here in the States. It's already being taught in your high schools. If you have kids who are in high school, you should find out what their curriculum is. And you should be familiar with the lingo of critical race theory and intersectional, intersectionality. And, and so you can spot it's pretty easy to spot once you know what some of these things are, but um, yes. Yeah. You know what else I'm going to say, which I didn't realize, but I've learned about the Chinese cultural revolution. Some of the most 
the, the driving force behind a lot of the activity, aside from Mao and his wife and his little CCRG, was middle school students and high school students. Middle school and high school students. Literally middle school students killing each other. Um, those ages, like, don't think that high school and middle school is too young for the elites to use as fodder in their cultural war. They will absolutely use them, and they will use them for whatever nefarious means you might be afraid of. So there's not a there's not like a minimum age. It's not like, well, they can't really teach this stuff until college. Mm-mm-mm. They can teach it in kindergarten and they can mobilize in junior high school and in very fact, effectively. I've mentioned this before. But I have a friend here in Austin who's a parent who went to a um, community meeting about this new curriculum that they were going to be putting into pre-K. And they said openly in the meeting, we found that if we can reach the kids before they turn five, at the age of four and five, then we mm-hmm. can shape the way they think about society and assumed facts. And I mean, they're very open about it. Yep. You know, uh, I didn't mention this before when I was going through like all the ways that the population gets manipulated by big tech and, and mainstream media and all that stuff. I left out probably the most important one, but it's worth mentioning since we're talking about it right now. Um, the entire government education system is manipulation to have your children grow up to be predisposed to vote more in one direction than the other. Um, and I don't think that everyone involved in it has a political mindset when they're doing this. So that's not what I'm saying. But it's like recently we talked about this. Um, I think I tweeted this recently and we talked about um, how I said, like, you can have your constitution. We'll take your dictionary. Like they they, can, they they just want to redefine words. Similarly, they don't ha- they don't have to talk about politics with with kids. What they have to do is they have to implant standards of judgment that will be applied as the child grows up and and assimilates other information. And once those standards of judgment have been set and they're put in place, and those standards of judgment are irrational standards of judgment, those standards of judgment are standards of judgment that will automatically give preference to collectivist ideology over individualist ideology, their job is kind of done. Their job is kind of done. That can be, that's that's enough of a seed that it can be grown into real activism and craziness later. So, uh, you know, if I look at, if I look at, if you said, what's one thing that if you could wave a magic wand, what's one thing you would change to get rid of a manipulation of the masses? It wouldn't be Twitter, Facebook, Google, mainstream media. It would be our education system because yeah. that's what predisposes people to being able to like that's it's products of that education system that are susceptible to all of this crap. Yeah. It's those products that listen to Brian, Brian Stetler and think that he makes sense. <laughs> right. Yes. So, and it doesn't work without those products. It doesn't work. If you raise an independent thinker, Brian Stetler doesn't work. Andrew Cuomo doesn't work. Andrew Cuomo gets laughed at if you raise an independent thinker. There is anybody who looks at Brian Stetler and doesn't laugh, but that's because I think of the Mark Dice thing when I think of it. Yes, there is. Anyway, 
Um, we have two more. We do need to wrap up. We have a couple more right, super sorry. chats. We'll get through these and we'll end. You do Maldred? So Manny, thank you, Manny. Maldred yep. gives us 999, says 94% of D.C. voted for Biden. Trump is a disruptor. Therefore, the swamp has wanted him out from day one. They were never going to be – they were never going to let him win this election. They believe the ends justify their means. Well, mm-hmm. I happen to agree with you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, he's completely yeah. right. You want to do Daniel? He is a disruptor. And Daniel – you can read that one. <laughs> uh, is it just me or does Carrie look super hot tonight? Anywho, Thanks. hi, Carter. Long time. Thank you. I don't Daniel. know. I don't know, Daniel. Do you look super hot today, Carrie? Tell us. It's a pretty pleasant temperature in my house right now. But, uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, thank uh, you. Uh, uh. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, we'll end yeah. on an intellectual high note. <laughs> Oh, wait, I, can I end on something that I just like? There's a good thing in the world. Yeah. And I'm not sure I'm not sure if this is true, but I saw an article in PC Gamer. Hold on, let me make sure that this is true. Is there a Portal Reloaded coming out? I think there is. Oh, it's a mod for Portal 2 that's coming awesome. out. So there's more Portal coming. It's a mod for Portal 2. So that's exciting. That's, uh, that's my good news for the day. We may have Woo-hoo. lost the country. But we have a mod for Portal 2. Yeah. (laughs) So there Uh, you go. You guys, don't forget to, what are all the things we have to say? Like Like, and subscribe. If you like the video, you can share the video. If you are able to contribute financially, we have a um, subscribe star. You can go to unsafespace.com, go to the donate page. And if you want to be a part of book club, we have our next two books already selected. The nonfiction one we're reading right now is, um, is, uh, oh, the Management of Savagery by Max Blumenthal. That's coming up on November 22nd. And then after that, we're going to be doing a fiction that Carter selected. What's that one called? The Moon is a Harsh Mistress. Yes. So Indeed you can go is. to the website and find out on the book club page on unsafespace.com about how to be a part of that. And um, we do have a new, a brand new clips channel, as Carter mentioned. So if you want to see the short clips, sometimes those are better if you're trying to if you've decided you want to start speaking by sharing things with people on social media, the clips are probably easier to share and get people to pay attention than a two hour, three hour stream. Right. So subscribe to that clips channel if you uh, want clips. Yep. Um, And uh, one last super chat, Richard Petz says children should be taught how to think, not what to think. Uh, Yes. Yes, Yes, they should be. Uh, Unless you would like to institute an authoritarian government. Uh, that you can control, in which case they should be just be taught how to vote. Um, by the way, I do have a quick question. If anyone is watching that has downvoted this episode, normally I don't I don't care, and I don't actually care, but I'm curious because there's like twice the number of downvotes, and I'm wondering if your MAGA people who are upset that we're not more on the like it's definitely voter fraud bandwagon, well, I, or if I you're leftists. I do I know. think it's definitely fraud, but... I don't know. I know you are, but like, is yeah. like, I'm just curious. Do we have new leftists that are watching or are these MAGA people that are pissed off? I'm just curious. Uh, I'm not going to change my opinion. Okay. But, um, right. when somebody said, keep the faith. And I wanted to end on that. Keep the faith guys. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, everything's have a good one. Everyone. All right. Vegas Royal says peace and love all. Everything's going to be all right. Yes, it is. Mm. Go listen to some good music. <laughs> All right. Take care, everyone. Have a good weekend, and we will see you on Monday. Bye. Bye, Carter. 
Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Please keep socially distant from these individuals. I have calculated a 92.4% chance that these peasants do not know their place. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Please remain calm. These election results have been expertly engineered for your own good. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.